0: a successful novelist, is in the habit of comparing life at St. Mary Mead to the scum on a pond. But as I once pointed out to him, if you were to smear that scum on a slide and examine it under a microscope, you would find it teeming with life of a quite unexpected kind. Take the vicarage, for example, a haven of righteousness and tranquillity, you might think, but you would be surprised.
1: We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Francis Matthews as the Reverend Leonard Clement in Agatha Christie's Murder at the Vicarage.
2: I can only say that if someone were to murder Colonel Prothero, they'd be doing the world a great service.
3: Do you think that's a fit and proper remark for a member of the cloth to make at the lunch table, Mm -hmm. particularly when he's wielding a carving knife? Is the greens. It'll be remembered against <laughs> you, Uncle, when the old boy is found bathed in blood. You'll give evidence, won't you, Mary?
4: And the dumplings. Oh. That's it, then. I hope you enjoy it.
2: Hmm. Moist dumplings, half-cooked greens. Can't you teach that woman anything?
4: Well, I do try,
5: but it only makes things worse. <laughs> it's a pity I'm such a rotten housekeeper.
0: Griselda is a good 20 years younger than her poor husband and is quite incapable of taking anything seriously. She treats the parish as a kind of huge joke arranged for her amusement.
5: Think how lucky you are not to be torn to pieces by lions or burnt at the stake. Bad food and lots of dust and dead wasps is really nothing to make a fuss about. I am not making a fuss. At any rate, the early Christians didn't have to put up with church wardens. What's Colonel Prothero done to upset you this time?
3: Pompous old idiot. No wonder his first wife ran away from him. I don't see what else she could do. Oh, Griselda! I will not have you speaking that way. When mm. I doubt if her successor will stand the course, she must be at least twenty years younger than he is.
5: <gasps> you mustn't say things like that, Dennis. You know Leonard will take it personally. Sorry. Well, what exactly is the trouble with Prothero? <clears throat> is it Mr. Hawes genuflecting and crossing himself all the time? Uh, yes,
2: yes. I really must have a word with Hawes. I am accustomed to having teething troubles with new curates, but that... Man. No, 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 it's all to do with Mrs Price Ridley's wretched pound note. Oh, that woman is a troublesome old busybody. Well, the Sunday before last, she says she'd put a pound note into the offertory box. It was uh, the anniversary of our son's death. When she saw the collection notice that I'd pinned up in the porch, the highest item mentioned was a ten shilling note.
5: <laughs> she probably didn't notice the difference.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I suggested. She really became quite indignant. Off she went to to Colonel Prothero, and He was most offensive about it. He insists on going over all the church accounts with me in case of defalcations. What are they when they're at home? Well, I think he's accusing me of embezzling church funds.
5: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody could possibly believe you do a thing like that, darling. You're so transparently above suspicion. It really would be a wonderful opportunity. It's quite an idea I could do with a new hat. (laughs) When's he coming, anyway?
3: Tomorrow evening. Mm. Have you got a vicarage tea this afternoon?
5: Oh, I most certainly have. Who's coming? Mrs Price Ridley.
3: Oh, what?
5: Oh. And Miss Wetherby and Miss Marple, all the old biddies. No, I
2: rather like Miss Marple.
3: She has at least a sense of humour.
5: Oh, she is the biggest nosy parker in the village. She knows every single thing that goes on.
3: I've seen her with a pair of binoculars. She pretends she's watching birds.
5: And I've asked Mrs Lestrange to come, though I know she won't, of course. Oh, that's the woman who's taken Little Gates? Mm-hm.
2: Oh,
5: yeah. There's something very mysterious about her arriving down here and hardly ever going outside the house. She's like something out of a detective story. Who was she, the mysterious woman with the pale, beautiful face? (laughs) The only person she ever sees is Dr Haydock.
3: It all sounds perfectly grisly. I hope you're not expecting me to help out with your tea.
5: Well, yes, I was rather, Dennis.
3: Well, I'm afraid I shall have to disappoint you. I've been invited up to the Old Hall for a game of tennis with lettuce. Oh, beast.
0: The path through the woods, from the vicarage to the Old Hall goes past my cottage window, and one really cannot help noticing all the comings and goings. Lettuce Prothero, for instance. She's the colonel's daughter, by his first marriage, of course, and strictly between ourselves,
2: she's rather a little minx.
6: Oh, sorry. no, I didn't expect to find you here, vicar.
2: If you come to a vicarage, you should be prepared to find a vicar.
6: I was really looking for Dennis.
2: Oh, he's gone up to see you. He said you'd invited him for tennis.
6: Yes, I did, but that was for Wednesday.
2: Uh, Today is Wednesday. Oh, it
6: isn't. Oh, that means I've forgotten to go to lunch with the Wedderburns for the third time. Is uh, Griselda anywhere about?
2: I expect you'll find her in the garden studio. She's sitting to Lawrence Redding.
6: Oh, I didn't realise he was painting her portrait as well. There's been quite a schmozzle about him. Father's cutting up something rotten. Oh, what about? About my portrait. Father's furious because Lawrence is painting me in my bathing dress. If I go on the beach in it, why shouldn't I be painted in it? Um,
2: Quite so. It's
6: really absurd. Father forbidding Lawrence the house. I shall have to come here and be done in your studio.
2: Oh, no, my dear, no, not if your father forbids it. I'm in enough trouble as it is.
6: How tiresome everything is. If only I had some money, I'd get away. But father won't let me have a penny. He's so mean. I don't wonder Mother left him. Do you know, for years I believe she was dead. Really? What sort of a young man did she run away with? Was he nice?
2: Well, it was before your father came to live down here.
6: I wonder what's become of her. I expect Anne will have an affair with someone soon. She can't stand him either. And she hates me. She's quite decent, but I know she hates me. I'm
2: sure she does nothing of the kind. She's
6: getting old and she doesn't like it. That's the age you break out, you know. Good Lord, is that the time?
2: Well, well, no, not exactly. You see, that clock I is... I told
6: Dr Stone I'd take a look at his barrow at three o'clock.
2: His barrow?
6: Didn't you know about that? He's a famous archaeologist. He's excavating the old barrow on Whitston Hill. Oh. It's on Father's property, actually, and they've already had rows about it. Oh,
2: he's the man staying at the inn? With
6: Miss Cram. Mm. He says she's his secretary, but I don't believe a word of it. Let us Anyway, live. I must be off. Oh, you're not coming
7: to Griselda's Vicarage Tea, then?
6: No, thanks. You wouldn't catch me dead with that coven of scandal-mongering old crones.
7: No nice girl would do it, that's for sure.
6: Do what, Miss Weatherby?
0: Be a private secretary to an
5: unmarried man.
0: Oh, oh, my dear, I think married ones are much the worst. Remember poor Molly Carter. Tea, Mrs Price-Ridley? Oh, thank you. Married men living apart from their wives are, of course, notorious. And even some of the ones living with their wives. I remember that extraordinary couple. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We were
5: talking about Doctor Stone and Miss Cram. Uh, their rooms are on the same floor, you know. The man must yeah. be at least twenty-five years older than she is. Don't you think that Miss Cram may just like having an interesting job, and that she considers Doctor Stone just as an employer? My dear,
0: you are so very young. The young have such innocent minds.
5: (laughs) I don't think I've got anything of the kind. Do you really think she would want to have an affair with that dull, bald-headed man?
0: I understand. Dr Stone is quite well off. Rather a violent temper, I'm afraid. He had the most frightful row with Colonel Protheroe the other day. Do tell us. What was it about? They were shouting so loud, I couldn't help overhearing them. It was about the excavation. The colonel was insisting that Dr. Stone hadn't even the faintest idea how long barrows were constructed.
5: More tea, Miss Marple.
0: <clears throat> oh, thank you. There's been some fuss about that young man Lawrence Redding, hasn't there? It appears that he was painting <gasps> lettuce in her bathing dress. Colonel <clears> Trotherow
8: <throat> turned him out of the house. Poor lettuce. That's what comes of not having a mother around. A stepmother's never quite the same thing. She seems scarcely older than lettuce.
0: Mr. Redding is painting me, too. But not in your bathing dress, surely.
5: <laughs> yeah, it might be much worse. <coughs> oh, I quite forgot to tell you, I knew I had some news for you. I saw Dr.
8: Haydock coming out of that house where Mrs. Lestrange lives.
2: She might have been ill, Miss Weatherby.
8: Oh, she was perfectly all right earlier this afternoon. She and Dr. Haydock must be very old acquaintances. He's very quiet about it.
5: As a matter of fact, I happen to know that her husband was a missionary. Really? Mm. He was eaten, you know. (gasps) Actually eaten. Uh, eaten. And Uh, then uh, uh, she was forced uh, to become uh, the chief's (laughs) head (laughs) wife.
0: Naughty girl. If you make up these things, people are quite (laughs) likely to believe them. And sometimes that leads to complications. I wonder if there is anything between Reading and Lettice Protheroe. It certainly looks like it. What do you think, Miss Marple? I shouldn't have said so myself. Quite another person I should have said. Miss
2: Marple! Mm-hmm. Don't you think that we're all much too inclined to let our tongues run away with us? Charity thinketh no evil, you know. Now, inestimable harm may be done by foolish wagging of tongues in ill-natured gossip. Oh,
0: dear vicar, you are so unworldly. <sighs> I'm afraid that after observing human nature for as long as I have done, one gets not to expect much from it. I dare say that idle tittle-tattle is very wrong and unkind, but it is so often true, is it
5: not? Do you really think I'm having an affair with Lawrence Redding?
2: Of course not.
5: But you thought Miss Marple was hinting at it, and you rose to my defence like an angry tiger.
2: Oh, I'm not so sure that clergymen of the Church of England are supposed to behave like angry tigers. (laughs) Now, I felt that the occasion could not pass without a protest. But uh, I do wish you'd be a little more careful in what you say, Griselda.
5: Well, because I suggested that he might be painting me in the nude. Oh, dear. Well, if only they knew I'm wearing a thick coat with a very high collar. It couldn't be more innocent. Hmm. Lawrence never attempts to make love to me.
2: Well, surely you don't want him to. Oh. Well, no. If he's supposed to be in love with Letters Prothero...
5: Miss Marple didn't seem to think he was. Miss
2: Marple may be mistaken.
5: She never is. The trouble about her is that she is always right. You do believe me, don't you, Leonard? I mean that there's nothing between Lawrence and me.
2: My dear Griselda, of course.
5: (laughs) I wish you weren't so terribly easy to deceive. You'd believe anything I said.
2: Well, so I should hope. (laughs) But I must be off. I promised the Dorcas group that I'd take a look at the flower arrangement they made in the church. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I didn't realise there was anyone here. I didn't mean to disturb you, Mrs. Lestrange. You've a
9: perfectly good right to be here, vicar. It's your church, after all. Is there anything I can do? Can I help you in any way? No, Vicar, you can't. I was just giving way to a moment of weakness, that's all. Actually, I came to take a look around the church while there was no one here. The screen is really quite wonderful.
2: Yes, yes, it's very unusual, you know, to find one in this part of the world where the painted figures have survived.
9: Who's the man in the red hat with the lion peeping out from under his cloak?
2: St. Jerome, I believe. Ah. The lady next to him with the dragon is said to be St. Elizabeth. There's
9: such a feeling of peace in this place.
2: Are you certain there's nothing I can do?
9: No, there's nothing. I mean, I don't think anyone can help me, but thank you for offering to do so. One gets so lost sometimes, living alone.
2: Now, why don't you take my wife up on her invitation to come along to the vicarage one afternoon? Griselda has regular get-togethers, you know, and there are various women's groups. Uh, You need never feel lonely in St Mary Mead.
9: You're very kind, but I don't think that would be my kind of thing. You mustn't be concerned about me, really. I am used to solving my problems in my own way. Goodbye. The vicar is
0: back early this evening. And he's going over to the garden studio. Not very advisable, I'm afraid. I think he may be in for a most unpleasant surprise. Mm.
10: My darling, my dearest love.
9: Lawrence. I must lock the door. Anyone could come in. Mm. Mm.
10: What do I care? Let anyone come.
5: Mm.
10: I'm sorry. Uh,
2: Do forgive me, i
4: I'm so sorry. Mrs. Protheroe's here. She says she must speak to you.
2: Oh, um, yes, uh, sure, Mary.
4: You can go in, madam. Thank you.
11: I thought it best to come and see you straight away. It was you that looked into the studio just now?
12: Uh,
2: yes, yes, it was.
11: Lawrence and I. You see, we love each other. Mm-hmm. I suppose to you that seems very wrong. <laughs>
2: well, you—you uh, you can hardly expect me to say anything else. No, I suppose not. You are a married woman, Missus Prothero. Do you
11: think that I haven't gone over all that? Are you going to tell my husband?
2: There seems to be a general idea that a clergyman is incapable of behaving like a gentleman. That is not so. You
11: can't possibly know what things are like. Life with Lucius is hell. It has been right from the start. No woman could be happy with him. I wish he would, dead. Oh, Mrs. Prothero, I know it's terrible, but I do. I don't know what I'm going to do. If only I could get away.
2: No, it it is a very serious step to leave your husband and your home. I'm sure you realise that.
11: You're seeing Lawrence later this evening, I believe.
2: Am I? Oh, Oh, good Lord, yes, yes, of course. He's coming round to dinner, isn't
11: he? He'll want to talk to you, I know.
2: I hope he will.
11: I'm not likely to do anything foolish. Things haven't gone as far as you might think.
2: I'm very relieved to hear it.
11: Lawrence is very young. Try to understand. And please treat him kindly. I beg you.
2: The vicarage port isn't up to much, I'm afraid.
10: However, it's the best I can do. You're very kind, Mr. Clement, thank you. That's all. I've no idea what we're going to do. If I had the money, I'd take her away with me and damn the consequences. But I don't know whether Anne could bring herself to do that anyway. I sincerely hope she wouldn't be so irresponsible. If this were a private fantasy, the old man would conveniently die. Good riddance to him. Mr. Redding, I do hope that you don't mean what you're saying. Oh, I don't mean that I'm going to stick him in the back with a knife. But there's not a soul who's got a good word to say for him. You can have no idea what Anne has had to put up with. What do you think I should do?
2: I think you should leave St. Mead at once. Hmm. By remaining here, you will only bring greater unhappiness to Mrs. Protheroe. Hmm. People will talk. The news must inevitably reach the Colonel's ears. You can imagine the frightful situation that that would place her in.
10: But you're the only person who knows anything about it. Well,
2: you know, you evidently have a very limited notion of village life. <laughs> in St Mary Mead, everyone knows everyone else's intimate affairs. There's no detective in England equal to a spinster lady of uncertain age with plenty of
10: time on her hands. Oh, I realise that. But everyone thinks I'm having an affair with lettuce. Has it... Has it occurred to you that it is possible... Let us think so herself. Letters, if oh, she doesn't care for me in the least. You're sure of that? Of course. Hmm. But it's queer. She does seem to have it in for Anne, and yet Anne's always been a perfect angel to her. But all the same, you could have a point. Hmm. It might be best if I were to pack up and go, for a time at least. I don't want to bring any more trouble on Anne.
2: I truly believe that it is
10: the only sensible course. Oh, if we only did what was sensible. But I'll think about it. I promise.
5: You're looking particularly gloomy this morning. Is mm. something the matter?
10: Hmm? No, 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 nothing in
2: particular.
5: You haven't forgotten that I'm going up to London today.
2: Oh, oh, yes. I must confess, I have.
5: Oh, it's Thursday. Remember.
2: Thursday. Uh, something oh.
5: is worrying you. Is it? Is it Colonel Prothero?
2: Colonel Prothero.
5: Well, aren't you supposed to be meeting him to talk about the defalcations or whatever it is he calls them?
2: Oh, so I am. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I've gone clear out of my head. Clement! I say, Clement! Ah, good morning, Colonel. We're supposed to be meeting today, I believe.
13: I have just had the considerable satisfaction of sending a couple of poachers down for six months. Serve them damn huh? Not that six months is anything like what they deserve. I thought I'd got rid of that scoundrel archer for good. For you will say knife the fellows out of jail again, vowing vengeance on me. I'd have given him six years if it had been in my power. The sentences we're allowed to inflict are far too lenient.
2: Uh, You'd agree, I feel sure. You forget, Colonel, that my calling obliges me to respect one quality above all others, the quality of mercy. Mercy? Of mercy, be damned.
13: I hope no one would show me mercy if I didn't deserve it. What the church needs, Clement, is more backbone little more of the church militants, if you please. Mm, no. Well, now then, about our meeting this evening. Yes, yes, six o'clock, isn't it? If it's all the same with you, we'll make it 6.15. I've got to see a man in the village about clearing out the ponds. 6.15 will suit me admirably. Good, and be sure to have the accounts ready. I don't want it to take all night.
2: Two five one. Yes, it is.
8: It's about Mr Abbott of Lower Farm.
10: I think he's
2: dying. Oh. Can you come? Yes, yes, of course. I'll come straight away. Lower Farm, you said?
8: That's right. Please, hurry.
2: Mary! Mary!
4: Yes? Oh. What is it?
2: Uh, Mary, I've got to go to Lower Farm. It's an emergency. It's too late to ring Colonel Prothero. He'll already have left. Would you tell him that I've been called away and ask him to wait? I'll be back as soon as I can.
10: Clement! Clement! Thank God you're back. Oh, Lawrence. There's work for you here, Clement.
2: I'm sorry. Did you want a word? I was called away. I do have to see Prothero about the church accounts, but that shouldn't take very long.
10: Prothero? Oh, yes. Yes, you'll see Prothero, all right. He won't take up much of your time. What's (laughs) the matter with you, man? What is it? I've got to get away from here. Hmm? I've got to go somewhere I can think.
2: Mary? Oh, Mary. I'm back. Is Colonel Prothero here?
4: He's in the study. Been here since a quarter past six.
2: Mr. Redding, why was he leaving in such a hurry?
4: I don't know. He came a few minutes ago. I told him you would be back any minute and that Colonel Prothero was waiting in the study. Hmm. He said he'd wait too.
2: He can't have waited long. I've just seen him outside.
4: Well, I didn't see him leave. He can't have stayed more than a couple of minutes. Mrs. Clement isn't back yet.
2: Oh, thank you, Mary. I'd better not keep the Colonel waiting any longer. I'm sorry to have been so long, Colonel Prothero. I. Prothero? Oh my God! Mary! Mary!
4: What is it? Go and
2: get Dr. Haydock straight away. Run as fast as you can. Tell him there's been an accident. He's dead, right enough. Been dead half an hour, I should say.
14: Suicide? Quite out of the question. Look at the position of the wound. Besides, if he shot himself, where's the gun? You mean to say it's murder? Certainly looks like it. What else could it be?
2: Most extraordinary business. There's there's one rather curious thing. I was telephoned a while ago to say that old Abbott was dying and would I go out to Lower Farm straight away? Well, when I got there, I found that he was as right as rain, and his wife flatly denied calling me at all. It sounds as if someone wanted to get you out
7: of the way.
14: I'd better ring up the police. Don't touch a thing.
7: Everything's been messed up and pulled about, I suppose? You should know me better than that, Inspector Slack. Everything is exactly as we found it. Uh, somebody knocked the clock over. It must have stopped. Give us the time of the crime. Oh, no. Twenty two minutes past six. Yes, but you see that clock what is on all... what time do you reckon death occurred, doctor?
14: About half an hour before I got here. And the
7: body was discovered at ten to seven. It almost brings it to the identical second. Yes, but Inspector, you see, that clock if is If you'll 15... excuse me, Vicar, and I'll ask you any questions I want to know. What I need now is absolute silence. Yes, but the clock no. is accurate. Absolute silence. Now then, what was the Colonel doing sitting at your desk? Did he want to write a note? Yes, by George, he did. 620, dear Clement, sorry I can't wait any longer, but I must... And it just tails off. Plain as a pike, stuff. He sits down here to write this. His killer comes in through the open window and shoots him. What more is there to say?
2: Well, I do think you ought to know... That I'd be obliged
7: if you two gentlemen would clear out of here. I need to make a detailed examination of the room. Right now. Inspector, we keep the clock. There'll be time for you to say whatever you have to say tomorrow.
5: And you mean to say that you didn't tell him that the clock in your study is always kept a quarter of an hour he fast?
2: absolutely refused to let me say a word.
5: But when that clock said twenty past six, it was really only five past, and I doubt whether Colonel Prothero had even arrived by then. Yes, it's quite a
2: mystery, isn't it? How's Mrs. Prothero taking it?
5: Well, she was very quiet. Really very quiet indeed. It was rather strange.
2: Well, it's the shock, of course.
5: It wasn't like that somehow. She didn't seem as much shocked as terrified. Terrifying. Yes, At trying not to show it. There was a queer, watchful look in her eyes. I wonder if she has a sort of idea who killed him.
3: Would you believe it? The police have arrested Lawrence Redding. What? What? Stop. what? It must be some stupid mistake. Doesn't look like it. Lawrence went to the station and gave himself up. Oh. Last thing last night. Threw the pistol down on the desk and said, "I did it, just like that." I'm going to go and see Lettuce.
5: Lawrence must be mad. Absolutely mad. What earthly reason could he have for killing Colonel Prothero?
2: They did have a quarrel, remember?
5: Oh, about letters and her bathing dress. That's no reason for him to kill her father.
2: Well, when I met him at the gate yesterday evening, he looked as if he'd gone out of his mind. And there's the clock. He must have put it back to 6.20 with the idea of making an alibi for himself.
5: That doesn't sound like the action of a murderer. Lawrence knew about the clock being kept fast. Don't you remember? He once joked about keeping the vicar up to time.
2: Well, he must simply have forgotten about it.
5: No. If if you were committing a murder, you'd be awfully careful about a thing like that.
0: I hope I'm not intruding, but the door was open, oh. and in the circumstances... Yes, do
2: come in, Miss Marple. Oh, oh, thank you. Do take a seat.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, poor Colonel Prothero. Not a very pleasant man, perhaps, but nonetheless it is a terrible thing to happen. And actually shot in your study, I understand.
12: That
2: is the case, yes. Hmm.
0: I suppose everyone has their idea of who it is that has committed the crime, and each suspects that it's somebody different. I, for instance, am quite convinced I know who did it, but I must admit I haven't a shadow of proof. One must, I know, be very careful of what one says at a time like this. Criminal libel, don't they call it? Mm. I had made up my mind to be most careful with Inspector Slack. He sent word that he would come and see me this morning. But now, he has just phoned up to say it won't be necessary after all.
2: I suppose he thinks there would be no point after the arrest.
0: The arrest? I didn't know that there had been an arrest.
2: Oh, yes. now hadn't you heard? The police have arrested Lawrence Redding...
0: Lawrence Redding. Now, I should not
5: have thought. I just can't believe it, even though he has confessed.
0: He has confessed? Oh, dear. I
5: have been sadly at sea. Yes, sadly at sea. I can't help feeling it must be some kind of accident. I mean, why else should he come forward to give himself up? He gave himself up? Yes. Oh,
0: I am so glad. So very glad.
2: Mm, It shows a true state of remorse, I suppose. Remorse? Oh, but surely, dear vicar, you don't think he is guilty? I cannot see why Lawrence Redding should confess to the murder if he hasn't committed it.
0: But surely that
2: proves it, does it not? I mean that he had nothing to do with it. Mr.
0: Redding cannot possibly have committed the murder...
2: I may be dense, Miss Marvel. Well, uh, Griselda often tells me that I am. Uh, Leonard. But I cannot see why Lawrence Redding should confess to the murder if he hasn't committed it. If you'd seen his face last night, he was like a madman. He was trembling from head to foot. Yes, but surely that only goes to support what I am saying. It
0: seems to me that if a young man had made up his mind to take a fellow creature's life, he would not appear distraught about it afterwards. Well. Well, I know it is difficult to put oneself into such a position, but I cannot imagine myself getting into a state like that.
2: But we hardly know the circumstances. If there was a quarrel, the shot may have been fired in a sudden gust of anger, and Lawrence might afterwards have been appalled by what he'd done.
0: But surely, Mr Clement, one must take the facts as they actually are. Must one not? And it does not seem to me that the facts bear the interpretation you put on them. Your maid distinctly states that Mr. Redding was only in the house a couple of minutes. Not long enough, surely, for a quarrel such as you suggest. And then again, I understand the colonel was shot through the back of the head when he was writing a letter. Mm, that's
5: quite true. He seems to have been writing a note, so he couldn't wait any longer. The note was timed at 6.20, and the clock on the table was overturned and had stopped at 6.22. Mm. And that's what's been puzzling us. Why, my dear? Because our clock is always kept a quarter of an hour fast. Oh. So that when it said 6.22, the colonel would not even have arrived. Very
0: curious. Very curious indeed. But the note itself seems to me even more curious.
6: Mm. Morning. Morning. Oh. I hope I'm not butting in on anything. No, Uh, uh, letters, not in the uh, least. We were just... I hear they've arrested Lawrence. Yes, we were just talking about it. I never really thought anyone would murder father. Lots of people must have wanted to. There have been times when I would have liked to do it myself. Uh, Can I get you anything? Letters, a cup of coffee? No, thanks. I really only came to see if I'd left my berry here. I think I may have put it down in the study the other day. Oh, if you did, it's still there. Mary never tidies anything. I'll go and see... Sorry to be such a bore, but I seem to have lost everything in the hat line.
2: Ah, no, I'm afraid you won't be able to get in the study. Inspector Slack locked it up last night.
6: How remarkably tedious of him.
2: Yes, but uh, uh, surely, lettuce, uh, a yellow berry, won't be much good to you at present.
6: Oh, I shan't bother about mourning. I think it's an awfully archaic idea. Still, it's a nuisance about Lawrence. I suppose it's all on account of me and my bathing dress. Oh, but surely, (coughs) but... I think that I shall go home and tell my stepmother about Lawrence having been arrested. See you later. oh,
2: yeah.
5: uh, uh, Why did you step
6: on my foot, Miss Marple? You were going to
0: say something, my dear, and it is often so much better to let things develop along their own lines. I don't think you know that child is half so silly as she pretends to be. She's got a very definite idea in her head, and she's acting on it.
4: A policeman's oh come dear. with a message that from one. Colonel Melchett. Colonel
0: Melchard? hes the chief constable of the county, my dear.
4: He's over at Doctor Haydock's, and he wants you to go there, Mister Clement.
2: Oh, oh well, I'll—I'll uh, I'll do so straight away, if you'll excuse me, Miss Marple. Oh, certainly, Vicar. This extraordinary
14: story of Redding's—have you any idea what his quarrel with Prothero was about, Vicar? I've heard rumours, of course, about him being forbidden the house. Did he seduce young letters or something? Was that the trouble?
2: Oh no, 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 it wasn't. You can take it from me that it was something... uh, different. But I can't say more at present. Uh, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, We don't want to bring the girl into this any more than we can
14: help, for everybody's sake. Uh, But there was a lot of talk. Too many old ladies with nothing better to do. Uh, Funny none of them heard the shot, though.
2: As far as I can tell, the study door, the pantry door, and the kitchen door were all shut. But I understand the study window was open. I wonder why the old lady... What's her name? Miss Marple. Yeah, I wonder why she didn't hear it. Perhaps she did. No, no, I don't think so. She was over at the vicarage just now, and she didn't mention hearing a shot. Well, what about a silencer?
14: That's quite likely, surely. Uh, Snack didn't find one, and he asked Redding, and Redding didn't seem to know what he was talking about at first. But then he denied using one. Since he's confessed to the murder, that would seem to settle the matter. Did he give any reason for killing Prothero? He says they quarrelled and he lost his temper and shot him.
2: Hmm. Which, as Miss Marple has just been pointing out to me, doesn't really square with the facts. Uh, Are you suggesting that he he crept up on Prothero while he was writing the letter? He mustn't, done. There was no time for a quarrel. He went in, shot Prothero, put the clock back to 6.20, all in the few minutes before I encountered him at the gate. What do you mean, in the few minutes before you encountered him? I
14: thought it was ten to seven when you got back to the vicarage. That's right. Mary let Redding in at about 6.45. But that just isn't possible. Prothero had been dead for at least 30 minutes when I examined him, and that can't have been later than seven. If Redding says he killed Prothero at a quarter to seven, he's lying. Uh, What possible reason could he have for doing
2: that? Come in.
7: Excuse me, sir, but there's a note for the vicar. Very important, apparently.
2: Oh, thank you, Constable. from Anne Protheroe. To do with the murder? I don't know. Please come to me. I don't know what to do. It's too awful. I want to tell someone. Please come immediately and bring anyone you like with you. Is this what you were hinting at earlier? Yes. Yes, I wasn't sure if it was my duty to speak. Well, now, it's obvious that I must. Anne Prothero was having an affair with Lawrence Redding. Was she now? Mm-hmm. Well, we'd better
14: be getting over to Old Hall. I wanted to have a word with the servants anyway.
13: Mrs. Prothero will be down in a few minutes, gentlemen.
14: Is there something I can get for you? No, thank you. But there are a few questions I'd like to put to you while we're waiting. Of course, Colonel Melchett. I'd like to know when Mr. Redding was last here. Uh, that would have been on Tuesday afternoon, sir. I understand there was some sort of disagreement between him and the Colonel. I believe so, sir. The Colonel gave me orders that Mr. Redding was not to be admitted in future. Did you overhear the quarrel at all? Colonel Prothero had an uncommonly loud voice, sir, especially when it was raised in anger. It seems it had to do with the portrait of Miss Mm Hmm. Any other visitors to the Colonel? Yes, sir, there were. On Wednesday afternoon, the archaeologist Dr. Stone called and was here for some time. And there was a lady in the evening. A lady? Yes, sir. The family were at dinner. I showed her into the morning room. And how long was she with the colonel? About half an hour, I believe. And did she give her name?
5: Yes, sir. It was a Mrs. Lestrange.
2: Mrs. Lestrange?
5: Yes, doctor.
11: Thank you for coming so promptly, Mr. Clement.
2: Well, you did ask me to bring anyone I thought fit.
11: I see you understood what I meant. I think we had better have our little talk in the morning room. It's best to get it over quickly, I suppose. You see, it was I who killed my husband. Oh, my dear
2: Mrs. Prothero.
12: I know it
11: sounds rather blunt, put like that, but I'm not one for hysterics. I've hated Lucius for a long time. The only surprising thing is that I didn't do it long ago.
12: You
14: are aware that Lawrence Redding has already confessed to the crime.
11: It was frightfully gallant of him, but very silly. He's very much in love with me.
2: He knew that it was you who'd committed the murder?
11: Yes. Yes, I told him. I don't want to talk about it any more.
2: Unfortunately, we must.
14: Where did you get the pistol, Mrs. Rotheroe?
11: It was my husband's. I knew that he kept it in his desk drawer.
14: And you took it with you to the vicarage?
11: Yes. I knew he would be there.
14: Did anyone see you entering or leaving the vicarage? No.
11: I mean, yes. Miss Marple. She was in her garden. I talked to her for a few minutes. Look. I can't stand any more of this. Why don't you just arrest me? I'm sure
2: it
14: isn't as simple as that. We need to explore the matter further. I think it would be best if you were to remain here, Mrs. Prothero. Would you mind staying with her, Doctor? No, of course not, no. There are a few questions I'd like to put to the people here, and then I shall call on Miss Marple. Perhaps you'd keep me company, Vicar. Yeah. I don't want to put the wind up your flock.
0: As a matter of fact, I was in my little garden from five o'clock onwards yesterday, and, of course, from there... Well, one simply cannot help seeing everything that is going on at the vicarage next door. Mm -hmm. I understand, Miss Markle, that Mrs. Prothero passed this way yesterday evening. Yes, she did. I called out to her, and she admired my roses. Could you tell us about when that was? I should say... Just a minute after a quarter past six, the church clock had just chimed.
14: Very good. And then?
0: Mrs. Prothero said her husband had an appointment with Mr. Clement and that she would go to the vicarage and meet him there so that they could go home together.
2: The lane up to Old Hall passes by Miss Marple's garden.
0: If you'll come outside, I'll show you. You see, the path opposite the stile leads to Old Hall, and that is the way they would have taken home together.
14: And from here, she went across to the
2: vicarage? Oh,
0: yes. I saw her turn the corner of the house. I suppose that the Colonel had not arrived, because she came back almost immediately and went down the lawn to the studio.
2: I let Redding use it for his painting. And you didn't hear a shot, Miss Martle. I didn't hear a shot then when did you hear a shot miss marple i think there was a shot
0: somewhere in the woods but quite five or ten minutes later and as i say out in the woods at least i think so surely it can't have been
14: so mrs prothero went down to the studio then what
0: she went inside and waited presently mr redding came along the lane from the village he went up to the vicarage gate and saw you as a matter of fact he didn't see me because just at that moment I was bending down trying to uproot a particularly nasty dandelion (laughs) so difficult and then he went through the gate and down to the studio
14: he didn't go near the house
0: oh no he went straight to the studio Mrs. Prothero came to the door to meet him and then they both went inside and
14: how long did they stay there
0: about ten minutes at half-past six, they strolled out through the garden and along the lane towards the village. They were joined by Dr Stone and Miss Cram. Well, I think it must have been Miss Cram, because her skirts were so short.
14: Um, when they left the studio, uh, did you happen to notice what sort of expression they had on their faces?
0: They were smiling and talking. They seemed very happy together.
2: They didn't seem disturbed in any way? Oh, no, quite the opposite. Mm, Deuced odd! There's something odd about the whole business.
0: Why? Has Mrs. Protheroe been saying that she committed the crime now? How on
2: earth did you come to guess that, Miss Marple? Oh,
0: well, I rather thought it might happen. I think dear Lettice thought so too. She's really a very sharp girl. So Anne Protheroe says she killed her
2: husband. Oh, yes, she's quite insistent about it.
0: Well, I do not think that it is true. In fact, I'm sure it isn't. Not with a woman like Anne Protheroe. Although one can never be sure about anyone, can one? When does she say she shot him?
14: At twenty past six, just after speaking to you.
0: And what is she supposed to have shot him with? A pistol. Where did she find it? She brought it with her. Oh, no, that she didn't do, I can swear to it. She'd no such thing with her. You mightn't have seen it. Oh, of course I should have seen it.
2: Well, it could have been in a handbag.
0: She wasn't carrying a handbag.
14: It Uh, might have been concealed somewhere.
0: (laughs) My dear Colonel Melchett... You know what young women are nowadays. Not ashamed to show exactly how their creator made them. She hadn't so much as a handkerchief in the top of her stocking.
14: But you have to admit it all fits in. The time, the overturned clock stopped at
2: 6.22. Oh, do you mean to say that you haven't told him about that clock? Well... Uh, what about the clock? Uh, it was fast. We always keep that clock about a quarter of an hour fast. Why, the devil! Oh, forgive me. Why on earth didn't you tell Slack about this? I tried to. He absolutely refused to let me utter a word.
14: It's quite beyond me. Everybody confessing to the murder, left, right and centre. If
0: I might be allowed to suggest... Well? If you were to tell Lawrence Redding... What Mrs. Prothero has done, and then to explain that you don't really believe her, and then if you were to go to Anne and tell her that Mr. Redding is in the clear, why, then they might each of them tell the truth. And the truth is helpful. Though I dare say they don't know very much themselves, poor things.
14: That's all very well, but they're the only people who had a motive for doing away with Prothero.
0: Oh, I wouldn't say that. Oh, why? Can you think of anyone else? Oh, yes, Indeed. I can think of at least seven people who would be very glad to have Colonel Plothero out of the way. Seven people? Well, in St. Mary Mead... Oh, mind you, I name no names. That wouldn't be right. But I'm afraid there's a lot of wickedness in the world. A nice, honourable, upright soldier like you doesn't know about these things, Colonel Melchett.
14: I suppose there's no doubt about what
2: she says... If Miss Marple says Anne Prothero had no pistol with her, you can take it for granted that's so. If there was the least possibility of such a thing, Miss Marple would have been onto it like a shot. (laughs) If you pardon the pun. (laughs)
14: Yeah,
2: that's true enough. Well, what's the next step?
14: Uh, I'm going to follow up Miss Marple's suggestion and have a little talk with Redding and Mrs Prothero. Yes. Slack had better be on it, too. And I'd like it to happen at the scene of the crime if you have no objections, Vicar.
10: I've been an absolute idiot. How could I possibly have thought for a minute that Anne would do such a thing? Perhaps you'd like to tell us what did happen. There's not much to tell. You see, Vicar, I decided I was going to follow your advice. Oh, yes? I arranged to meet Mrs Prothero at the studio at a quarter past six to tell her that I had made up my mind it would be best for all concerned if I went away. Hmm. She agreed that it was the only thing to do. How long were you in the studio together? It can't have been more than ten minutes. As we came into the lane, we ran into Dr Stone, and I went off with him to have a drink at the Blue Ball. And when did you come out? It must have been nearly a quarter to seven. I thought I'd go home, but when I got to the corner of the road, I made up my mind I'd tell Mr Clement what I'd decided. Your maid told me that you were out, but would be back shortly. Colonel Prothero was already in the study, she said. Go on, Mr Redding. Well, I didn't like to go away again. It looked as though I was trying to avoid him. So I said I'd wait too, and I went into the study. And what did you find there? I think you'll know. Prothero was sitting at the writing desk. I went up to him. He was dead. Then I looked down and saw the pistol lying on the floor. It was my pistol... Your pistol? There was only one conclusion I could come to. Anne must have taken my pistol some time or other, perhaps meaning to use it on herself, if she couldn't bear things any longer. I thought she must have had it with her, and that after we parted in the village, she had come back here and... and. uh, It seems monstrous now, but I could think of no other explanation. I slipped the pistol in my pocket... This pistol of yours, Mr Redding, when did you last see it, before the murder? It's hard to say exactly. Where do you keep it? On a shelf of the bookcase in my cottage.
7: So that anyone who came in could have seen
10: it? Uh yes. And who has been to see you lately? All sorts of people. I had a tea party there the day before yesterday. Lettuce was there, and uh, Dennis and Miss Cram. Haydock was there for a while, and that curate of yours, Mr Clement... Uh, what's his name? Oh, Mr. Hawes. Yes. Do you lock the cottage up when you go out? Why not should I? No-one dreams of locking the house up
14: round here. So it comes to this. Almost anyone might have taken the pistol.
2: It seems so, yes. Oh, really?
4: Dr. A. Doc's here. He's bought Mrs. Prothero.
2: All right. Ask them to come in, will you, Mary?
4: You can go in now.
14: I'll uh, wait for you in the sitting room, Mrs. Prothero.
4: Thank you, Doctor.
10: Anne, forgive me It was abominable of me to think what I did
11: Is it true what Dr Hadox told me?
14: That Mr Redding is cleared of suspicion? Yes And now, what about this story of yours, Mrs Protheroe?
11: I suppose you think it dreadful of me
14: Uh Shall we say here? Very foolish But that's over What we want now is the truth,
2: the absolute truth.
11: I will tell you. I suppose you know about... about everything.
2: Oh, yes. We all know.
11: The chauffeur drove Lucius and me into the village. I had some shopping to do. As we parted, Lucius mentioned he had a meeting with Mr Clement. I had arranged to meet Lawrence in the studio at a quarter past six... I couldn't get word to him to warn him that my husband was going to be at the vicarage.
7: So what did you do?
11: I thought that perhaps Lucius might not stay very long. So I went along the back lane to the side gate. And of course Miss Marple had to be in her garden. We talked for a few minutes and I told her I was going to call for my husband.
14: And What happened after you left her?
11: I went across to the vicarage and round the corner of the house to the study window. I expected to hear the sound of voices, but there wasn't a thing. I glanced in and saw that the room was empty. And I hurried across the lawn to the studio where Lawrence joined me almost at once.
14: Would you mind showing us now exactly what you did?
11: Whatever you wish.
14: Inspector Slack will open the window for you. Very good, sir. Now, if you'd be so good as to step out onto the terrace, go round the corner of the house and walk back past the window, just as you did the other day.
7: Of course. And then come straight back in again. Yes, Inspector.
14: Now, Clement, if Hmm? you'd go and sit at your writing table... Oh, as Brothero did. Yes, very well. And um, lean over the desk uh, as if you were writing.
7: She's coming now.
14: Thank you, Mrs. Brothero.
11: Did that tell you what you wanted to know?
14: Is that exactly how it was?
11: Yes, I think so.
14: Then can you tell us, Mrs. Prothero, exactly where the vicar was when you looked in?
11: The vicar? I'm afraid I didn't see him at all.
7: Then that's why you didn't see your husband. He was out of your field of vision at the writing desk.
11: You mean it was there that... Lucius?
7: Yes, Mrs. Prothero.
14: He was shot while he was sitting there.
11: It makes me feel quite sick. Is that all? Can I go now?
14: Yes,
10: Mrs. Brotherham. You can go. Will you be needing me any more? I have no further questions. I'll come with you, Anne. Goodbye, gentlemen. Yes,
11: goodbye. Goodbye.
10: Thank you. Goodbye, Mrs.
7: Proctor. So, back to square one.
14: Yes, I have a feeling that this is going to turn out to be a much more intricate case than any of us had imagined. We're only beginning.
15: I've never known anything like it, Mrs Clement. When Dr Stone told me we were coming to St Mary Mead, I thought that little Gladys was going to be bored to tears. But just look what's happened since we've been here. Adulterous passion up at the manor, the colonel shot dead in the vicar's study, and no less than two confessions. Whatever next...
5: Oh, hello, darling. darling. Oh. Have all the policemen gone?
2: Yes, they've gone.
5: I don't think you've met Gladys Cram. Oh. She's helping Dr Stone with his excavation.
2: Ah, yes. How do you do, Miss Cram?
5: How do you do, vicar?
2: Must be a very interesting um, pursuit.
15: I've only been with the doctor a few weeks. It seems a rather creepy sort of thing to be doing digging up people that have been dead for hundreds of years (laughs) and rooting about among their possessions.
2: Mm. Is Dr Stone going to carry on with his excavations?
15: Oh, bless you, of course he is. He wouldn't let a little thing like a murder get in his way. I doubt whether he's even noticed. He's all wrapped up in the past... He'd a hundred times rather look at a rusty old knife he's dug out of some old burial mound than see the knife Crippen cut his wife's throat with.
2: Well, I must confess, I rather sympathise with his point of view. Oh, Mary!
15: Miss Marple's here. She wants to have a word. Uh, I must be off. The doctor will be wondering where little Gladys has got to.
4: (laughs) Bye-bye, Vicar.
2: Goodbye, Miss Crow. Uh,
4: Thanks for the coffee, Mrs C. Mm. Not at all. Bye. Mm. Well, shall I show her in or not?
2: Yes, Mary, if you please. Really, that girl goes from bad to worse. Can't you even get her to knock?
5: I can't get her to do anything, particularly since that Inspector Slack has been prying about the place.
2: What's Slack got to do with it?
5: He was responsible for her young man being sent to prison for poaching.
2: Oh, you mean young Archer. They're going out together
5: been for
0: two years. You never notice anything. I hope I'm not intruding.
2: No, no, of course not. Do come in, Miss Marple.
0: Oh, thank you. You see, I couldn't help noticing that Mr. Redding and Mrs. Protheroe had both been here.
2: Yes, and it worked out just as you said it would.
5: And who do the police think did it now?
2: Well, they don't seem to know where to go next. I do wish you'd tell me who your seven suspects are, Miss Marple. My seven suspects? Well, yes, you said that you could think of seven people who would be glad of Prothero's death. Did I?
0: Oh, yes. Yes, I remember now. Well, was it true? Oh, certainly it was true. But I mustn't mention names. You can think of them quite easily yourselves, I'm sure.
2: Well, there's... uh Lettuce, Prothero, I suppose. Mm -hmm. She always complained her father kept her short of money.
5: You can't Uh, possibly think lettuce did it. I don't know how people could be so hateful starting pointless stories when there's not a shred of truth.
2: If only there were any real clues.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: There is the note, of course, that the Colonel was writing... As I said this morning, I thought it most peculiar.
2: Uh It does seem to fix the time of death with remarkable accuracy. Why should he head it 6.20? Why
0: should he start to write the letter at all? That's the question. Your maid Mary had already told him that you wouldn't be in until half past six at the earliest. And he seemed quite willing to wait until then. And yet... At twenty past six, he sits down and writes to say he can't wait any longer.
2: Mm, If only there hadn't been a time on it. Exactly. You know, as I remember it, that bit about it being 6.20 was written quite differently from the rest.
5: So so it might have been the work of someone else? Yes, I
2: suppose it could.
0: Then it is possible that there was no time originally written on the letter at all. Colonel Prothero might actually have sat down to write it at about 6.35. And while he was writing it, someone came in. But no, he'd have noticed. Oh, he was rather deaf, you know.
3: Hmm.
2: All right. The murderer stole up and shot him, noticed the letter and saw a way of giving himself an alibi by putting 6.20 at the top of it, And then altering the clock to that time?
5: Yes, it does seem quite possible. So we need to find someone who has a cast-iron alibi for 6.20, but none at all for 6.35, or whatever the time was. And, of
0: course, the shot I heard could have been the real shot. And I thought nothing about it, nothing at all. Yet now I try to recollect, it does seem to me that it was different from the usual kind of shot that one hears. Louder? No. No, I don't think it was louder. In fact, I can't really say in what way it was different,
5: but I know that it was. Mary said she thought she heard it too, but but she was sure that it came from the woods.
2: No, oh, no, yes, but that's just because we're always hearing shots coming from the woods. <coughs> oh, There's dear. There's a note come. A note? Who brought it?
4: I didn't see, did I? Someone put it through the letterbox. Here.
2: Thank you, Mary.
4: I can't see through the door, can I? Oh. Good Lord. W- well,
5: what's it say?
2: I should be so very grateful if you could come and see me as soon as you possibly can. I'm in great trouble and need your advice. Sincerely yours, Estelle Lestrange.
0: Mrs. Oh. Lestrange? You don't suppose she's involved in all this? Well, Mrs Evans, who does my cleaning, tells me that Colonel Prothero's kitchen maid happened to overhear the most tremendous row between Mrs Lestrange and the Colonel the night before his murder. There's more to her than
5: meets the eye.
2: There may well be. But if Mrs Lestrange is going to confess to
9: the killing as well, I think I shall go out of my mind... It's very good of you to come over so promptly, Vicar. Oh, no, no. I wanted to speak to you the other day in the church, Mm. but then I decided not to do so.
2: I was wrong. Well, as I said at the time, Mrs. Lestrange,
9: I am only too glad to do anything I can to help you. You said that as if you really meant it. Very few people in this world have ever sincerely wished to help me. I can hardly believe that. It's true. Most people, or most men at any rate, are out for their own hand. Well, we are a selfish race, by and large. I'm in a very peculiar position, Mr Clement, and I want to ask your advice as to what I ought to do next. What is past is past and cannot be undone, you understand? Mm. <laughs> yes, what is it?
15: Please, Mrs Lestrange, there's an Inspector Slack at the door. He says he must speak to you. He's quite insistent.
9: Then you'd better show him in, Hilda.
15: Yes, ma'am.
2: Well, I'll uh, I'll come back some other time. If it's no
9: trouble, I should be much obliged if you'd stay.
2: Well, of course, if that's what you wish.
9: Inspector Slack. Good afternoon,
7: Mrs. Lestrange. Oh, I didn't expect to find you here, Victor. Oh, hello, Inspector. You uh,
9: have no objection to Mr. Clement being here, I trust?
7: Uh, no. Well, that is, I, I. Uh...
9: What can I do for you, Inspector? <coughs>
7: I'm investigating the murder of Colonel Prothero, madam. Purely as a matter of form, it would be useful to know where you were yesterday evening between six and seven.
9: Purely as a matter of form? Yes, madam. I was here, in this house.
7: And your maid can
9: confirm that statement? No, it was Hilda's afternoon off. I see. So you will have to take my word for it. You're certain you were at home? I said so. Mrs Price Ridley has
7: informed me that she called here at about six o'clock and rang the bell... She could make no one hear, and she went away again. She is quite right. But I understood you to say If that... your
9: maid is in, she can say not at home. If one is alone, the only thing to do is to let them ring. But surely... Elderly you... women bore me dreadfully, and Mrs Price-Ridley is exceptionally boring. Oh, well, She well, must have well. rung at least a dozen times before she went away.
7: I see. Now, I understand you paid a visit to Colonel Prothero at Old Hall on the night before his death. That is so. Can you indicate to me the nature of that interview?
9: It concerned a private matter, Inspector.
7: Nothing is private where murder is concerned, Mrs. Lestrange. I'll be obliged if you would tell me what it was about.
9: I can assure you that nothing was said at that interview that could possibly have any bearing on the crime.
7: You're not necessarily the best judge of that.
9: At any rate, you will have to take my word for it.
7: In fact, I have to take your word about everything. It does seem rather like that. You were acquainted with Colonel Prothero?
9: Yes, I was.
7: Well acquainted? We were
9: never close friends. Wasn't it a rather unusual time to make a call? Not from my point of view. And just what do you mean by that? I wanted to see Colonel Prothero alone. I did not wish to see his wife or his daughter. Why didn't you want to see them? That, Inspector, is my business. Then you refuse to say more? Absolutely. You realise
7: that this will look very bad at the inquest, Mrs. Lestrange? I'm sure it will, Inspector. Well, don't say that I haven't warned you. Good afternoon, madam. Afternoon, Vicar. Oh,
2: good
9: afternoon, Inspector. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm going to send you away as well, Vicar. Oh, but I... It is better so. It's too late for advice now. But surely, Mrs. Lestrange... No, Mr. You Clement, want to... it's too late. I have chosen my part. Good afternoon.
7: Well, Vicar, fishy business, if you ask me. Oh, do you really think so? Why should a smart, well dressed lady come down to this quiet little hole? Why go and see Prothero at that strange hour of the evening? Why did she want to avoid seeing Mrs and Miss Prothero? Oh, but I mustn't stop here gossiping. All oh, right. Work to do.
13: <laughs> oh, good afternoon, doctor. Um hello,
14: Inspector. Oh, hello there. What's he been up to? Has he been questioning
2: Mrs. Lestrange? Yes, he has. He's been civil, I hope. Well, by his lights, I suppose. He's a fool. I'm glad I've met you, Clement.
14: There's a matter I've been meaning to talk to you about, but all this business of the murder drove it out of my mind. It would have been best discussed in the privacy of my surgery, but since there's no one here to hear us, Mm? it's about that curate of yours. Mr. Hawes? He's a sick man. I thought perhaps you ought to know. Well, how do you mean sick? He once had some strange form of sleeping sickness. Really? They could never quite get to the bottom of it. It seems the illness has a curious sort of moral effect. It can change your whole character. he looks perfectly normal to me. He's a bit tired out, perhaps. His nerves are on a knife edge. There's no saying which way this thing might take him. It's a curious thought how many people in the past have been hanged or burnt at the stake simply because they were suffering from some disease that no one knew about. I honestly believe that all too often, crime is a case for the doctor and not the policeman. (laughs) It's a
2: difficult business. Tell me, doctor, if you suspected, I mean, if you knew, that a certain person was a murderer... Mm -hmm. Would you give that person up to the law? Or would you be tempted to shield them? I hope I should do my duty, Clement. The question
14: is, what would you consider your duty to be? The question comes to every man sometime in his life, I suppose. And every man must decide in his own way. Does that mean you don't know? Yes, I don't know. I have to make a call at the other end of the village... Can I give you a lift, anywhere?
2: No, no, thanks. No, I'm uh, I'm going to stroll
14: back through the wood. Right you are. But uh, don't forget what I said about Hawes. You should keep an eye on him.
10: Ah, Lawrence. What on earth have you got there? <laughs> it's not a clue if that's what you're thinking. It's a nice bit of rock I've selected for Miss Marple. What on earth would she want with it? And... It's for her Japanese garden. Actually, it's just an excuse to talk to her. Oh. I want to know if there's anything she happened to notice yesterday evening, something not necessarily connected with the crime, which might give us a clue to it all. Well, it's possible, I suppose. There's not much escapes her. (laughs) Now that I'm off the hook, so to speak, I I want to get to the bottom of this business. Mm. Inspector Slack doesn't exactly fill me with confidence.
2: (laughs) And that lump of rock is your calling
10: card, Exactly, Vicar. Mm. Exactly. Very
0: thoughtful of you, Mr. Redding. Very thoughtful indeed. It's nice to find someone taking such a creative interest in my garden. (laughs) Um, May
10: I offer you both a cup of tea? No, no, thank you, Miss Marple. It's very kind of you, but I mustn't stay. But there was something I wanted to ask you. Yes, Mr. Redding. I'm trying to carry out an investigation on my own into who might have killed Prothero. It's a way of clearing my name, I suppose... I was wondering whether you happened to notice anything earlier yesterday evening. The kind of thing that might have seemed totally insignificant at the time.
0: Oh, I know what you mean, of course. The sort you would not even bother to mention, but... No, there was
10: nothing. Did you see anyone go by the path into the wood during the afternoon? Or come from it?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, quite a number of people. Dr Stone and Miss Cram went that way. It's the nearest path up to the barrow. Mm. That was a little after two o'clock... And Dr Stone returned that way. But you know that, Mr Redding, since you encountered him yourself.
2: By the way, that shot you heard, Miss Marple? Yes. Well, Mr Redding and Mrs Prothero must have heard it too, while they were in the studio together.
10: Oh, yes, I suppose they did. Yes. Yes, I believe I did hear some shots. whether two or three? I only heard one. It's only the vaguest impression in my mind. You see, I was completely taken up
0: with it. Quite so. You had other things to think about. Mm. Inspector Slack has been trying to get me to say whether the shot was
10: before or
0: after you left the studio. I have the impression that it was after.
10: Well, that would put Dr Stone in the clear since I ran into him the moment I came into the lane. Uh, not that there is the least reason why anyone should suspect him. Oh,
0: but I always find it prudent to suspect everybody just a little. I mean, you can never really
10: be certain, can you? Talking of which... There seems to be one curious thing that needs explaining. Hmm. Mrs. Lestrange, the mystery lady of St. Mary Mead, paid a visit to Prothero after dinner on Wednesday night, and no one seems to have any idea what it was all about. Perhaps the vicar knows.
2: Uh, No, no, I can throw no light on it at all, I'm afraid. Well,
0: I'm sure that somebody must know something. Someone is bound to have overheard what was going on. Someone always does.
3: How goes the great manhunt, Uncle? Oh, Dennis. Have the police arrested anyone else yet? I fancy they're proceeding rather cautiously at the moment. Yeah, they would know a real murder if he came up and bit them. <laughs> you know, I've gone over every inch of the garden since the old boy was killed. I found two used matches and the metal cap off somebody's boot. Oh, really? And do you know, that Inspector Slack was not in the least interested... That is extremely remiss of him. Told me to go and play Sherlock Holmes on somebody else's patch. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, there's uh, somebody waiting for you in your study. Oh, really? Who is it? That curate of yours who's always genuflecting and crossing himself. You mean Mr Hall? Yep, that's the chappie. He's very peculiar, isn't he? He was twitching all over. It's terrible that such a thing should happen in the vicarage. It borders on blasphemy.
16: Do the police have anyone else under suspicion now that Mr Redding has been cleared? Not at present, I believe. I cannot imagine anyone who could do such a dreadful thing. Colonel Prothero was not a popular man, but murder? A man would need a very strong motive. Well, so I should suppose. Prothero had many enemies, of course. He had a reputation on the bench for being excessively severe. Indeed he did. Oh, yesterday... The very morning of his death, I heard him boasting to you about sentencing that poacher. Yes, you're right, he was. He was shouting at the top of his voice for the whole village to hear. Did you tell the police what he said about that man, Archer? Archer? What's he got to do with it? Don't you remember? Prothero said that Archer had sworn that he would get even with
2: him for putting him in jail. That's not sufficient reason for accusing a man of murder. I've no fancy for helping them put the rope around the neck of an innocent man. Don't you think you have a responsibility to tell the police what Prothero said? No, I do not. When you get to my age, Hawes, you'll find that you prefer to give people the benefit of the doubt yes, I, I, I'm sorry I, I didn't mean you haven't any ideas of your own as to the identity of the murderer by any chance i no indeed no well was was this what you came to talk to me about Hawes uh, No, not exactly. what was it then Oh well, it was nothing of
16: any importance it, It's gone clear out of my mind.
4: Inspector Slack's here again. Oh. He wants to talk to you.
2: Well, ask him to come in. I'd best be on my way. Horses, I do wish you'd tell me what it was you came here for. It's nothing important, Mr Clement. Really,
16: it isn't. It can wait until another day.
2: Dear,
7: extraordinary <laughs> fellow. Yes. Huh? Who is he?
2: My curate.
7: Ah. Well, what's wrong with him, then? I only wish I knew... Anyway, I've traced that telephone call, the one that got you out of the house before the murder. And who was it? It's rather odd. It was put through from the north lodge of Old Hall. Now, that lodge is empty. The last lodge keeper was pensioned off and his successor hasn't arrived yet. A window at the back was broken in. Oh. No fingerprints on the telephone itself. It had been wiped clean. Now, that's very suggestive. How do you mean? I mean that it shows that call was put through deliberately to get you out of the way. Ah. Oh. Therefore, the murder was carefully planned in advance. Yes, yes, I see that. It also shows that the murderer was well acquainted with Old Hall and its surroundings. It can't be Mrs. Prothero. I've accounted for every minute of her time yesterday afternoon. It might be one of the servants, but it doesn't seem likely. It was a woman's voice you heard, wasn't it? Oh, yes, I'm sure it was. Uh-huh. So what other lady in the village would know Old Hall that well? That's the question. And I think I'm beginning to have an idea. And who's that? Uh, That would be telling.
5: (laughs) I'm sorry to interrupt, Leonard, but Miss Marple's just sent round to say that when the inspector's gone, could you pop over?
7: Oh, I've finished anyway.
5: It sounded quite urgent. Mr Clement, how
0: good of you to call. My nephew has just telephoned. He wants to come down tomorrow. Such a to-do... I shall have to prepare everything. Mm-hmm. I don't even know whether there's any whiskey in the house.
2: Oh, well, if you'd like me to, um... Oh, no,
0: no, no, I didn't mean that. Oh, there's plenty of time, really. He writes such clever books, I believe, though people are not nearly so unpleasant as he makes out. <laughs> clever young men know so little of life, don't you think?
2: Would you like to bring him round to dine with
0: us? Oh, no, thank you. Though it is very kind...
2: I I believe uh, there was something you wanted to see me about.
0: Oh, oh, of course. The business about my nephew put it right out of my mind. It's just that a rather curious thing happened to me last night. Mm -hmm. I thought you might like to hear about it. Oh. uh, Mm. (laughs) I felt rather wakeful. The murder was much on my mind. And I got up and looked out of my window. And what do you think I saw? I
2: cannot imagine.
0: Gladys Cram going into the wood with a suitcase.
2: A suitcase?
0: Isn't it extraordinary? What could she want with a suitcase in the wood at 12 o'clock at night? Well... uh, Well, I dare say it has nothing to do with the murder, of course, but it is a peculiar thing. And just at present, we must take notice of peculiar things. Well, it's certainly very odd. And quite a short time afterwards, she came back and she hadn't got the suitcase with her.
2: Don't you think you should inform Colonel Melchett about this? Oh,
0: goodness, no. There may be some perfectly innocent explanation, although I must admit I can't imagine what it might be. But I thought that you should
2: know. Oh, thank you for telling me.
0: And now I am going to pay a call at Old Hall.
2: To see Mrs. Prothero.
0: It is not the front entrance I'm concerned with, but one of the maids there, Nancy Pratt, used to work for me. I have an idea that she might be able to tell me something about that conversation between Colonel Prothero and Mrs Lestrange.
17: You're sure it won't go any further?
0: Oh, goodness, no, my dear.
17: I just happened to be passing the Colonel's study window, Mm -hmm. and the master was there with this lady. And, of course, he did speak very loud always, though it's very little I actually heard. And that was an accident, of course. Oh, of course. The master was evidently very angry. After all these years, that's what he was saying, you dare to come here, it's an outrage. I couldn't hear what the lady had to say, but whatever it was, he got angrier than ever. You shall not see her, he says. I forbid it. Looked as though the lady wanted to tell Mrs Prothero a thing or two, and he was afraid about it. And did you hear anything else, Nancy? Yes, I did. Something which struck me as very strange... He said, I don't believe it. Just like that. Whatever Haydock says, I don't believe it. Whatever Haydock says? Whatever did he mean by that, I wonder? And he said, it was all a plot. You didn't hear the lady speak at all? Only just at the end. She must have got up to go and come nearer the window because I could hear her quite clearly. By this time tomorrow you may be dead, she said. Oh. Wicked the way she said it. By this time tomorrow you may be dead. What do you think of that? The
0: inquest was held on Saturday at the Blue Boar. It created a considerable amount of excitement in the village, but I cannot say that we learned anything from it. Murder by person or persons unknown. We hardly needed a coroner to tell us that. Mrs. Lestrange didn't even appear. Dr Haydock had signed a medical certificate saying that she was too ill. Most unsatisfactory. An army of young men came down from the London newspapers and made quite a nuisance of themselves.
2: Ah, good Dr Stone. Yes. There seem to be journalists everywhere. I've never known anything like this in my life. You see, I haven't the faintest idea how to deal with them. Could I possibly take refuge in your room for a few moments? By all means, Vicar. Thank you. In here.
15: Good morning, vicar.
2: Oh, good morning, Miss Cram.
15: To what do we owe the pleasure? The vicar's seeking
13: sanctuary from the press for a few moments, Miss Cram.
15: Oh, can't see why they should want to come down here in the first place. Never heard anything so tame. Nothing what you might call spicy at all.
2: Oh, you were at the inquest then, Miss Cram?
15: Of course I was. fancy you not noticing me. A gentleman, even if he is a clergyman, ought to have eyes in his head.
2: (laughs) Yes. yes. Uh, were you present also, Dr Stone? No, I'm afraid I
13: take very little interest in such things. I spent the morning trying to put some of our recent finds into perspective. There's a transverse arrowhead, which is particularly intriguing, and an ox cap and a shovel that I simply cannot account for oh. at all. And then yesterday, I came across a remarkably
15: fine specimen... I don't want of to the- interrupt you, Doctor, yeah? but aren't you going to miss your train? Oh,
13: bless my soul, I'd quite forgotten... Whatever would I do without you? You're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Just running up to town for a couple of days. My old mother to see tomorrow. Some business with my lawyers Monday. On Tuesday, I shall return. Uh, Oh, goodness. This suitcase is heavy. Uh, I understand from Mrs. Prothero that there are no obstacles to my continuing the excavation.
2: You're never going to be able to manage all that by yourself, you know. Uh, Let me give you a hand. Oh, that's exceptionally kind of you. No, no, not at all. You don't miss your train. And it'll give me an opportunity to dodge my way through all those tiresome reporters.
13: That's the train coming in now.
2: Uh, Plenty of time, Doctor. They always wait a minute or two. Have you got a ticket? Yes, yes, I have now. If you give me that suitcase, I'll... uh... Oh, I'm so sorry. That's quite all right.
13: My fault entirely. I've got to catch the train. Goodbye, Vicar, and thank you. Goodbye,
2: goodbye. It's Mr West, isn't it? Yes, that's right. And you're down here to see your aunt, I understand. My annual penance, you might say, Vicar. Well, do call in at the Vicarage whenever you feel so inclined. We'd be delighted to see you.
5: Oh, thank ah. goodness you're back. We're in the most terrible fix.
3: Why, what's happened? Mary is shaking the vicarage dust from her shoes forever. You mean she's leaving? Mm. She
5: gave her notice an hour ago.
3: Well
2: well, at least there'll be no more burnt puddings and slimy greens. Oh,
5: you- You're absolutely heartless. You don't care. What
2: put it into her head, hand in her notice? She says her feelings have been hurt.
5: Lettuce said she didn't dust properly.
2: Well, she's quite right. But I don't see what our dust has to do with Lettuce properly. It wasn't Lettuce's fault. I don't see why you have to be getting at her all the time. I'm not getting at her, Dennis. But I don't see that Mary's dusting
3: is any of her business. Oh, you just don't like Lettuce. Griselda doesn't like her either. She says she's tiresome. Look,
5: Dennis, I know love is blind, but let us just really. Oh, look, it if d- only
3: people made a few allowances. The poor girl's going through a terrible time. Oh, really? You should have heard the fuss the Hartley Napiers kicked up just because she left their tennis party early. And on the very day her father was murdered. We don't people have any feelings. Look,
5: just at the moment, Dennis, I'm only concerned about my feelings. I don't want Mary to go. It would be most inconvenient. Please go and talk to her, Leonard. Make oh. her see reason.
2: But I've no particular desire for her to stay.
5: Oh, please, Leonard. I couldn't bear her to go at the moment. I'll go and talk to her, mm, for my sake. She, she's in your study.
4: I'll tell you what the matter is in two words. People coming snooping round here when my back's turned. What business is it of hers how often the study's dusted? Do
2: you mean to say that Lettice has been in here?
4: Why, we were all at the inquest. I'll tell you one thing. I've never been in a place before where they had a murder in the house, and I never want to be again. What was Lettice doing? I found her in here when I came back. She said she was looking for a little yellow beret. I told her that it wasn't here when I did the room on Thursday morning. Oh, she says, but I dare say you wouldn't have seen it. You don't spend much time doing the room, do you? And with that, she draws her finger along the mantel shelf and looks at it. Well, that was enough for me. If I don't give satisfaction, I'd rather go.
2: Yes, but, Mary, none of this has to do with Mrs Clement or myself. We haven't accused you of anything. My wife, I know, will be very sorry to lose you.
4: I've nothing against the mistress. Or against you, sir, for that matter.
2: Well, then, don't you think you're being rather silly?
4: I was a bit upset after the inquest and all, and that inspector slack-poking his nose about everywhere. But I wouldn't like to cause the mistress any inconvenience.
2: Then you'll stay?
4: Yes, sir. I'll stay.
2: Ah. Well, my wife will be very relieved.
4: And... You've no complaints, sir. Oh, no, Mary, no.
2: no, no I, I think the study is remarkably... ...spick and span, uh, considering everything that's happened. Though whether I can ever again call it my... Stu-
4: what is it, sir?
2: What's that on the carpet, just by the desk?
4: Oh. Looks... Looks like a woman's
2: earring. Now, where have I seen that before?
4: It wasn't there on Thursday morning, I swear to it.
2: I believe you, Mary. I'm sure it wasn't. But I would be very grateful if you'd keep this to yourself. Do you understand?
4: Yes, sir. If you say so.
2: Good, and uh, now I shall go and tell my wife the good news.
5: Oh, Leonard, you are so clever. I could never have done it.
3: How like lettuce. She couldn't have left that yellow beret here on Wednesday. She was wearing it for tennis on Thursday. (laughs) She never knows where she's left anything.
5: Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you, Miss Marple wants us to go over tonight after dinner to uh, amuse the nephew. She's afraid things may be rather dull for him. I I said we would go.
2: Oh, very well. Though I can think of pleasanter ways of spending an evening,
12: Raymond West can be quite insufferable when he puts his mind to it. This fascination with murder is so depressing. I can think of nothing more unutterably banal... It baffles me why people take such an interest in it. Nonsense. You talked of nothing else all through dinner.
5: Oh, so you do have a theory about it, Mr West?
12: <laughs> Logically. Only one person could have killed Colonel Prothero. Oh.
5: And who is that? The vicar. Oh, <laughs> well, really? of course, I know
12: you didn't do it, Clement. Life is never what it should be. But think of the drama, the fitness of it all. Church warden murdered in the vicar's study, and by the vicar himself. Delicious. And the motive, Mr West? Pent-up frustration. No. Week after week, year after year, he's seen the man at vestry meetings, choir boys' outings, handing round the bag in church, bringing it to the altar. Always he nurtures a deep hatred for him. But he won't admit it. And so it festers underground. Until one day.
5: Have you ever felt like that, Leonard? No,
12: really, Griselda.
5: I have heard
0: that you said the world would be a better place without him, two days before he died. Oh, I do wish Dennis wouldn't tell such silly tales. Oh, no, I didn't hear it from Dennis. At least, not directly. It was from Miss Cram. Miss Cram? Yes, she came to see me this afternoon. I met her in the village and invited her to come and see my garden. Is she interested in gardens? No, I don't think so. But it makes a very good excuse for a talk, don't you think? <laughs> and did you find anything out? She volunteered a lot of interesting information about herself. All her people seem to be dead or in India, poor soul. Mm. She's gone off to Old Hall for the weekend. Well, why on
2: should she do that?
0: It seems that Mrs. Prothero invited her to do some secretarial work. Oh, there are so many letters to cope with. It turned out, rather fortunately... Dr Stone being away, she has nothing to do, and it must make a
12: refreshing change from archaeology. Archaeology? Is that the Dr Stone?
5: Yes, he's excavating a barrow on Prothero's land. Oh,
12: he's a good man. I met him at a dinner not long ago, and we had a most interesting talk. I must look him up. Well, unfortunately, he's gone up to London for a few days. You, Oh, you bumped into him at the station. Oh, the only person I bumped into was a fat little man with glasses. Yes, Dr Stone. <laughs> but, my dear fellow, that wasn't Stone. Not stone. Not the archaeologist. Not the faintest resemblance.
0: Extraordinary. That suitcase I saw Gladys Cram carrying up into the woods. What about it? It reminds me of the time the man went round pretending to be the gas inspector.
12: Quite a little haul he got. An imposter. Now, this is really interesting.
5: The question is, has it anything to do with the murder?
12: Well, not necessarily,
0: but... Yes, it is a peculiar thing coming at a time like this. A very peculiar thing. There seems to be no end to the peculiar things that are taking place at St Mary Mead. First, the murder of Colonel Prothero in the vicar's study, then Lawrence Redding and Anne Prothero making false confessions to save one another, and now Dr Stone, the archaeologist excavating a long barrow on Colonel Prothero's land, turns out to be an imposter. Everyone is wondering what on earth is going to happen next.
5: Dear Griselda, if you and the vicar could come up and lunch here quietly today, I should be so very grateful. Something strange has occurred, and I should welcome Mr. Clement's advice, yours affectionately, Anne Prothero.
2: Well, what do you suppose all that is about?
5: We'll have to go, won't we? Well,
2: yes, I think we will.
5: I can't help wondering where all this is going to end.
2: The murder investigation?
5: No, well, not not just that. There are so many ramifications and undercurrents that we know nothing about. So many things that have been covered up for a long time.
2: You mean things that don't really matter, but which get in the way? Yes. Hmm. Didn't Miss Marple say that Gladys Cram was staying at Old Hall for the weekend?
5: Oh, she did, yes. Do you think Gladys was in on what Dr Stone was up to?
2: Well, it's... Difficult to say. But Miss
5: Marple it? did see her taking that suitcase up into the woods in the middle of Friday night. Mm,
2: yes, it's what Inspector Slack would describe as very fishy.
5: <laughs> oh, d- did you tell him uh, what you discovered about Dr. Stone?
2: Yes, yes, I told him. But I, uh, I don't think he trusts me after the business of the clock. All he would say was that I mustn't breathe a word to anyone.
5: Well, I shall be keeping a very wary eye on little Gladys from here on. Mrs.
15: Prothero is such a darling, isn't she? (laughs) And, of course, it isn't what you might call nice for a young girl to be all alone in a place like the Blue Boar with all those nasty reporters milling about. So you sought refuge here in Old Hall? I've never stayed anywhere like this before. Though it's not as though I haven't been making myself useful. You really need someone at a time like this, and that lettuce doesn't do much to help,
11: does she? I'm so grateful you could come, both of you. Mercifully, I haven't had any experience of this sort of thing before. Have you seen the Sunday papers? Just look at this.
5: Widow declares she will never rest till she has hunted down her husband's murderer. Mrs. Prothero is certain that the murderer must be looked for locally. She has her suspicions but cannot say with certainty. Did you really tell them all this? Does it sound like me?
2: I suppose it might have been worse.
5: Um,
11: Do you mind if I borrow your husband for a few minutes, Griselda? there's a little matter on which I need his advice. Gladys, get Mrs. Clement something to drink, will you? A pleasure, Mrs. P. What's your particular poison, Griselda? I'm sorry it's such a scramble. Such a mess up here.
2: Well, I've never seen such a motley collection. Cracked vases, broken old furniture, pictures no one's interested in anymore. I'd
11: better explain. Last night, I suppose it must have been about three o'clock, I couldn't sleep and I thought I heard someone moving about here in the attic. Mm. I called up the stairs to ask if anyone were here, but there was no answer, and I heard nothing more. So I assumed my nerves had been playing tricks on me, and I went back to bed. And then this morning, I thought I'd better take a look, and this is what I found. Mm. This portrait.
2: Good Lord.
11: Not much of a portrait now, is it? Someone's hacked the face right out. What an
2: extraordinary thing. Isn't
11: it? Can you think of any explanation?
2: Well, no, 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 not at all. There's a kind of savagery about this that I don't like at all. It looks as, as though it had been done in a fit of maniacal rage. It's quite frightening, isn't it? Who's the portrait of?
11: I haven't the faintest idea. I've never noticed it before. But all these things go back to the time before I married Lucius. I've never bothered about them.
2: seems so senseless.
11: Do you think I ought to do something about it? Should I tell the police? Oh,
2: well, I can't imagine what slack might make of it.
11: Do you think it could have anything to do with the murder?
2: Well, on the face of it, it seems unlikely. But then how can one tell? It's just yet another peculiar thing. Do, um... Do you have any idea what you're going to do?
11: What am I... Oh, I see what you mean. I shall live on here for six months. I don't want to, but I think it's the only thing to be done.
2: Mm.
11: Otherwise people would say that I ran away because of a guilty conscience.
2: And after the six months?
11: I shall marry Lawrence. I only hope that by then all this mystery will have been cleared up. Mm. Unless the real murderer is found, people will always think it was Lawrence. I won't rest until the killer is found.
2: Well, at least the papers got that right.
11: That's why I asked that girl here.
2: Gladys Cram, you can't possibly think that silly young girl has anything to do with it at all.
11: It's awfully easy to appear silly. I'm convinced that she knows something.
2: And on the very night she arrives, that picture is slashed.
11: You don't think she could have done that, do you? It seems utterly absurd and impossible. It seems
2: utterly absurd and impossible that your husband was murdered in my study, but he was.
11: I know. It must have been dreadful for you.
2: Oh, which reminds me. There's something I wanted to show you. Here. This is yours, I think. My earring! Mm. Where did you find it? Uh, For the time being... I'm not going to tell you. Do you mind if I hold on to it for an hour or two?
11: By all means, do. It's time we were getting down to lunch. They'll be wondering where on earth we've got to.
2: Yes, yes, of course. And afterwards, I must have a quiet word with lettuce. Ah, lettuce. I hoped I might be able to catch you alone for a minute. There's something I wanted to speak to you about. Really? About this, in fact. <laughs> Why did you drop it in my study?
6: I didn't. That's not mine. It's Anne's. I know that. Then why ask me? She must have dropped it.
2: I suppose you don't happen to remember when your stepmother was wearing these earrings last. Uh,
6: Is it important? It might be. As far as I can remember, she was last wearing them on Thursday.
2: The day of the murder? Yes. But according to what she said at the inquest, your stepmother didn't come into my study that day.
6: Then it looks as though she wasn't telling the truth. Where did you find it?
2: Underneath the desk.
6: I always knew she was a liar.
2: And I know you are one, Lettuce.
6: What do you mean?
2: I mean that my wife saw those earrings on your stepmother's dressing table when she called on her on Friday morning. Oh!
10: Oh, it's too
2: bad. Why did you do it, Lettuce? What do you mean? Was it jealousy?
6: Jealousy? Oh! You can call it that if you like. I've always hated her, since the first day she came down here and took my mother's place. I put that damn thing under your desk because I wanted her to get into trouble. What are you going to do?
2: Nothing at all. I shall give the earring back to your stepmother and say no more about
6: it. That's decent of you. And since you're being nice to me, I'll tell you something. I think you ought to get Dennis away from here. Dennis? I didn't want him to fall in love with me. I'm sorry about that. But if he goes away now, well, he might not get hurt too much.
0: The police were searching round the old barrow where Dr Stone had been conducting his so-called excavations all the morning in the hope of finding what Inspector Slack calls a cache. But of course they found nothing. Then, after luncheon, I noticed the vicar going up there to take a look round. He hadn't been gone more than a quarter of an hour. Then he was back, carrying a suitcase. The very one I had seen Gladys Cram carry up there in the middle of the night. I need scarcely say that Inspector Slack was not in the least impressed.
7: I suppose we may as well take a look at what's inside. <laughs> not that I expect to find anything much... Ah, just as I oh. thought. Yeah, an old jacket, a greasy scarf, cloth cap and a parcel done up in newspaper. Oh. His shirt, I shouldn't wonder. It... Well, I'm good at him. It's the old
0: trench assaults that belong to Colonel Prothero and the Charles II Tatsa.
7: <laughs> yes, they're objects of some value, I take it? Oh, they most certainly are. Ah, so that was the game. But I don't understand. There's been no mention of these things going missing. Perhaps in all the excitement of the murder, they haven't yet noticed. Colonel Prothero probably kept them locked away in a safe. Uh, I'll go up to Old Hall straight away. This must have been why Stone did his flit up to London. Uh, At least this lets him off the murder. He was playing a very different game. I'll take this little lot to Mrs Prothero. And I'd better have a word with that young lady while I'm up there. She's evidently not as stupid as she looks. <laughs> if you'll excuse me. Goodbye, bye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, Inspector.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I think you deserve a glass of my elderflower wine oh. for being so clever in finding that suitcase, Mr Clement.
2: Slack didn't seem exactly carried away with enthusiasm.
0: He was just embarrassed because his own men didn't find anything.
2: Oh, well, that's one mystery cleared up at least. Here you are, Mr. Clement. Oh, thank you, Miss Marple. Mm. Oh, excellent. Oh, good. You know, the suitcase wasn't the only thing I found in the woods. I also came across this. What is it? Looks like a crystal of some kind. Yes, that's what I thought. Why, it's probably quite unimportant, nothing to do with anything.
0: I wouldn't be so sure. I don't think we can afford to take anything for granted any more. Do
5: you? Hawes is waiting for you in the study. He insists on speaking to you. He's in a terrible state.
2: Oh, Lord. That's all I needed. Well, I'd better face up to it straight away. <gasps> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. Oh, you
16: must excuse me. My nerves are all to pieces yes, lately.
2: I so can see. Hawes, you need to get away and take a rest, you know. We shall have you breaking down altogether at this rate. I can't desert my post. That is a thing I will never do. No, it's not a case of desertion. You're ill. I'm sure Dr Haydock would agree with me. Haydock? What does he know? He's considered to be a very good doctor. Oh,
16: that's as may be. I don't care for him. But that isn't what I'm here for. I came to ask you if you'd be good enough to preach for me tonight. I'm afraid I really don't feel equal to it. Why, certainly I'll take the service for you. No, no, I'm perfectly capable of taking the service, but, but I cannot preach a sermon. The idea of getting up in that pulpit and all those eyes staring at me, staring into my soul. Dear fellows. There is really nothing wrong with me. Oh no, It's just these headaches. The powders I take don't seem to do anything any longer. But you will preach for me.
2: Yes, I will, and I insist on taking the service too. You go back home and rest.
16: I don't want that.
2: No arguments, not another word. Very well. I'm grateful.
16: You've been up to Old Hall today, haven't you? Yes, I uh-huh. have. Excuse me asking, but were you sent for? Uh, I don't understand you. I just thought there might have been some new
2: development and that Mrs. Prothero had sent for you. She sent for me, yes. But uh, it was to do with a private matter. I see. Mr. Redding came
16: to see me last night. I, I can't imagine why. Didn't he tell you? Well, he, 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 he just said he thought he'd look me up. Said I must get a bit lonely in the evenings. He's never done such a thing before. I mean, what does he want to come and see me for? I don't like it. He said he might drop in again. What does it all mean? What idea do you think he's got into his head?
2: Why should you suppose he has any ulterior motive?
16: I've never said anything against him, even when he accused himself of the murder. I mean, does he think that I killed Prothero? Oh, Is no. that it? Come, Is he hoping that I'll give no. myself away? Please,
2: whores, you're talking nonsense. You're going to drive yourself into a complete nervous breakdown if you carry on like this. Go home, get some rest and sleep, and then come and see me tomorrow and do put these ridiculous fancies out of your head. I suppose you're right. I don't know what's the matter with me.
16: There are times when I don't seem to be in control of myself at all. Uh, Oh, thank you for agreeing
5: to take the service. (sighs) What what on earth's the matter with
2: him? He's in urgent need of medical care, I think. I must talk to Haydock about him.
5: I'm sorry to add to your troubles, but I think you'd better have a look at this. Hmm? It was put through the letterbox while you were out. It was addressed to you, but I opened it. I, I could have torn it up, but I didn't.
2: Dear vicar, I think you ought to know what's going on. Your lady has been seen coming out of Mr. Redding's cottage. The two of them are carrying on together. Your wife is a proper bitch. A friend. (coughs) the only place for this is the waste paper basket. What nonsense!
5: It isn't altogether nonsense. What? I have been seeing Lawrence. You see, when he first came here, I let you think I had only known him slightly. It wasn't true. I had known him... Rather well. In fact, before I met you, I'd been in love with him.
2: Why didn't you tell me?
5: I suppose it was something to do with your being quite a lot older than me. I thought you'd be tiresome, perhaps, about me and Lawrence being friends.
2: You managed to conceal it all very skilfully.
5: And then all this murder business happened. I didn't know about Anne, you see. I couldn't understand why Lawrence was so completely indifferent to me. I don't mean I, I wanted to set it all going again. I just wanted him. To... To notice me. You do understand, don't you?
2: I suppose I do. Uh, I don't know. I have to go and think about what I'm going to say in my sermon.
5: Uh, Mrs Price Ridley wants to see you. Oh, I
2: certainly don't have the least desire to see her. Did she say what it was about?
5: She simply said it was extremely urgent.
2: Oh, well, that is within the bounds of possibility, I suppose. I'd better go over there.
5: Leonard... You must understand, there isn't anything between Lawrence and me. It was just. Oh, I, I don't know. That.
8: Oh, don't think badly of me. I've never been one to beat about the bush, as I'm sure you know. But you understand how things go the rounds in a village like this.
2: Unfortunately, I do. Yeah.
8: Nobody dislikes gossip more than I do. But I thought it was my duty to tell Inspector Slack that I'd called on Mrs. Lestrange at the time of the Colonel's murder and that she was out. I don't expect to be thanked for doing my duty. I just do it. But he wasn't in the least grateful. Said he'd ask for information when he wanted it. (laughs) Different class of man in the police force nowadays.
2: Yes, well, very probably.
8: Is, um... Is that
2: all you wish to tell me?
8: Oh, no, no. You see, I have been given to understand that Mrs Lestrange told the inspector that she was at home all the time, that she didn't answer the door because, well, because she didn't choose. Can you imagine? Who is she not to wish to receive me? She has been ill. Ill? Oh, fiddlesticks. Nothing wrong with the woman. She was supposed to be too ill to attend the inquest. Medical certificate from Dr Haydock. She can twist that man round her little finger. Everyone knows that. Uh, uh, oh, where was I?
2: Uh, I'm not entirely sure.
8: Oh, yes, yes. About her saying she was in the house all the time. It was a lie, and I know it.
2: Oh, now, how could you possibly
8: know? Well, I knocked and rang, three times at least, and it occurred to me suddenly that the bell might be out of order. Yes? So I thought I would just go around the house and tap on the window pane. I went and looked in at all the windows, but there was no one in there at all. What time was this? As far as I can remember, it must have been close on six o'clock. And within half an hour, the poor colonel was lying in your study, murdered.
2: Mm. And that is all you have to tell me?
8: No, uh, not exactly. You see, I I just happened to be talking to Miss Weatherby this afternoon, and she said that on that same Thursday, at the time when Mrs. Lestrange was supposed to be in her home, not answering the door to me... She saw her turning into Vicarage Road, and just before she did so, she looked up and down the road in a most peculiar way to see if anyone she knew was noticing her, I imagine. I see. But this time I decided I wouldn't go near any wretched police inspector, not after the way I was treated. Hmm. I thought I would speak to you. After all, a clergyman is supposed to be a gentleman.
2: My text for this evening has a particular aptness for this time. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, it is a text which has a particular relevance for every Person in this church. And I am speaking to each of you. But who are the righteous? And who. Something must have taken
0: hold of the vicar this evening. He preached like a man possessed. St. Mary Mead had never heard anything quite like it before. By the time he had finished, I don't think there was a soul in the congregation who hadn't begun to examine their conscience and to view their lives in a new light.
2: my words to you tonight with a different text. One of the most beautiful and the most poignant that I know and which I hope every one of you will ponder very carefully. This night, thy soul shall be required of thee.
14: Come in, Vicar. Oh. Uh, sit down. Oh, thank you. I didn't expect to see you at this hour.
2: I've just been taking the evening service. I hope you didn't expect to see me there. Oh, no, no. I've long ago given up all hope of that. Now, I had to take over the sermon from my curate, Halls. He really is in the most dreadful state. Mm. I think he needs to get away, take a holiday. Is that really what you came to say to me? Uh, No. No, no, as a matter of fact, I wanted to talk to you about Mrs Lestrange. What about her? There's a story going round the village that at the time she claimed to be not at home to Mrs Price Ridley, she was actually seen turning into Vicarage Road. Well, since this coincides with the time of the murder, you can well imagine that tongues are wagging. Why did you come to me? Because I know that you're concerned about her. Hmm. It's quite true,
14: Clement. I've been trying to shield Mrs Lestrange from as much of this as I could. As a matter of fact, she's an old friend. Yes. Yes, I uh, had guessed as much. But that isn't my only reason. This is strictly between you and me. Mrs Lestrange is a dying woman. What? What? I give her a month at the longest. Oh. Do you wonder that I want to keep her from being badgered and questioned? Oh, dear, I've no idea. When she turned into Vicarage Road that evening,
2: it was to come here. But but she wasn't here. Surely when I sent Mary round to fetch you after I'd found the body. No, she'd left uh, to keep an appointment. Where was that, in her own house? I don't know, Clement. I've truly no idea. You'll have to take my word for that. Oh, I do, of course. And thank you for being so honest. It'll go no further, I promise. Poor Mrs. Lestrange. Yes. She hasn't had much of a life. Oh, there was something else. To do with her? No, no, no. no, Not at all. I wanted to show you this. I came across it this afternoon. Oh.
14: It looks like a crystal of picric acid. What's that? Well, it's an explosive. Does it have any other uses? Yes. It's used medically, in
2: solution for burns. Wonderful stuff. Where did you find it? Just in the moment, I want to keep that to myself. I'm trying my hand at a bit of amateur sleuthing. (laughs) Somehow, I don't think that's quite in your
14: line, Clement. It's the kind of thing best left to Miss Marple.
5: She wants to come round and see you.
2: Miss Marple When?
5: At about half-past nine, she said. And what's more, she wants to talk to you by yourself. Dennis and I are invited to a nephew-amusing party and a glass or two of homemade wine. You said you'd go? Of course. Just what one needs on a Sunday evening.
2: Well, then I'd better see her.
5: You were rather frightening up there in the pulpit, calling the sinners to repentance. Was it... was it because of me? No.
2: Well... Yes, yes, partly, perhaps. Oh, it was because of everything that's happened.
5: I've never seen you like that before.
2: And I don't suppose you ever will again. You'd better get ready for your nephew-amusing party, and I'll tidy up before Miss Marple arrives.
0: I feel that you must be wondering why I am so interested in this business of Colonel Prothero's death. You may possibly think it is very unwomanly.
2: No, nothing could be further oh, no, from... Oh, please,
0: Mr Clement... I should like to explain, if I may. You see, the solving of various little problems has become a sort of preoccupation with me. For the most part, they are utterly trivial, like the matter of the changed cough drops or the butcher's wife's umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) But even so, it is fascinating, you know, to apply one's judgment and find that one is right.
2: And you usually are, I believe
0: that i'm afraid is what has made me a little conceited but i have always wondered whether if some day a really big mystery should come my way i should be able to do the same thing i mean to solve it correctly logically it ought to be the same thing after all a tiny working model of a torpedo is just the same as a real torpedo
2: uh, logically you're right but uh Is it necessarily the same thing? Of
0: course, I wouldn't dream of saying any of this to Colonel Melchett or to that poor Inspector Slack. But I'm sure you know quite as much about the crime as Inspector Slack. I know you've been following it up. And that is why I was wondering if we might work together.
2: I'll gladly tell you everything that I've found out so far. Not that any of it makes much sense, but you may be able to make something out of it. For instance... When we went over to see Mrs. Prothero at lunchtime... As I see it,
0: if any theory fits all the facts, it must be the right one. But it must account for everything. And I cannot account for that
2: note. The note?
0: The one found on your desk. It has worried me all along it is wrong somehow.
2: No, but surely that's explained now. It was written at 6.35. And another hand, the murderer's... Put the 6.20 at the top. Even so, it's still all wrong. Why, Miss Marple? Mrs.
0: Prothero passed my garden, as I told you, and she went as far as the study window. She looked in, but she didn't see Colonel Prothero
2: Because he was writing at the desk.
0: Yes, and that is what is all wrong. That was a 20 past six. We agreed that he wouldn't have sat down to say he couldn't wait any longer until after half past six... So why was he sitting at the writing table then? Yes, I never thought of that. So, it seems to me we are left with three alternatives. The first would be that Mrs. Protheroe didn't see him because he was already dead. But that doesn't seem very likely.
2: You would surely have heard the shot.
0: Exactly. The second is, of course, that he was sitting at the table writing a note. But in that case, it would have been a different note altogether. It can't have been to say he couldn't wait.
2: You mean the whole note might have been a forgery?
9: It
0: is quite possible.
2: Mm. And the third?
0: Well, the third is that Missus Prothero was right and that the
2: room was actually empty. Oh, you mean he'd gone out again? But that would involve looking at the case from an entirely different angle.
0: Well, one so often has to do that about everything,
2: don't you think? <sighs> the whole thing seems to me to be a bewildering maze. Oh, I wouldn't say that.
0: I think there is one theory that fits nearly everything. But there is also one flaw, a fact I can't get over. Perhaps it would be best if I were to go home and think it through again. Hmm? But I'm glad we had this chat. You know, Mr Clement, this little palm should really be watered more often. Your maid should attend to it.
2: Oh, she doesn't attend to anything. And she takes offence at the smallest thing. Do you know she gave notice the other day because letters accused her of not doing the dusting properly?
12: Oh, dear.
0: I have been stupid. So that was it. Perfectly possible all the time.
2: Hmm? (laughs) Uh, I don't understand what you're talking about.
0: Oh, it's nothing. An idea that has just occurred to me. Do you know I believe I have been extremely stupid?
2: (laughs) Oh, um, excuse me. Yes, 251, the vicarage. Hello, who's that? I want to confess. I want to confess. Hello. Hello? Uh, they've cut me off. What was it? Someone said they wanted to confess and I was cut off. You'd better get back to the exchange. I don't think that will be necessary. I must go at once. I recognize that voice.
10: <laughs> Clement! Ooh.
2: I say, Clement! Ah, Colonel Melchard. I was just on my way over to see you. Yes, right? I can't spare a moment, Colonel. I'm afraid I must see Hawes at once. Why? What's the matter with you? Well, you know soon enough, I imagine. He's just telephoned me saying that he wants to confess. Your curate? Well, I'm sure it was his voice, but the phone call was cut off before he could say very much. That's why I want to get round there as quickly as I can. Uh, should I come with you? Yes, I think it would be best.
14: Uh, there was something I wanted to tell you, Clement. For all I know, it may all tie in with what Hawes has to say. Oh, what's that? Uh, that note, the one you found on your study desk. Or
2: oh, the letter that Prothero never lived to finish. Yeah, well, we
14: got an expert onto it to say whether the 620 was added by a different hand. Mm. Uh, naturally, we sent up a sample of Prothero's handwriting. And you know the verdict? No. That letter was never written by Prothero at all. Do you mean it was a forgery? Oh, yes. Yeah, they're quite certain about that.
2: Well, you know, it's curious. Miss Marple was saying only earlier this evening that that note was all wrong. Oh, confound the woman. She couldn't know more about it if she'd committed the murder herself. Ah, well, this is the house here. Hall's lodges with Mrs Sadler. Well,
14: the poor woman may have gone to bed, of course.
2: Well, there's a light in Hall's window. At least he'll hear us.
17: Who is it?
2: I'm sorry to disturb you at this late hour, Mrs Sadler.
17: Oh, it's you, Vic.
2: It is of the greatest importance that we speak with Mr Hawes at once.
17: Oh, won't you come in? Well,
2: thank, you. thank you. Thanks.
17: I suppose he's still up, but I haven't seen him since I took him his supper.
2: There is a light on up there. Do you mind if we go up? Oh, please do. Thank you.
17: Is there anything I can get you,
2: gentlemen? No, thank you, Mr Sadler.
14: Uh, surely the fellow can't have fallen asleep. Well, I'm blowed. He is asleep. Not what you'd expect from a man with a
2: murder on his mind. No. Wake up, man. Whores? He's not asleep. He's drugged by the look of it. Uh, there's an empty cachet box here. Any idea what he was taking? Well, he did mention some kind of headache powder. Do you think he
14: may have taken an overdose? It looks terribly like it. Uh, Dr Haydock only lives a few doors down the road. I'll send Mrs Sadler round to fetch him.
2: Perhaps it might have been more merciful to leave him as he is. If he has to face the gallows, it is not for us to judge him. It looks as if he was taking the easy way out. Oh, we can't be certain, Clement. But you see, I found this while you were downstairs. It was by the side of his chair. It looks as though it fell from his hand. But this is Brother Rose writing. Yes, Hawes must have taken it away after the murder. My dear Clement,
14: it's a particularly unpleasant thing that I have to say... After all, I think i prefer to write it all down for you. We can discuss it later when you've had a chance to consider. It concerns recent peculations. I'm sorry to say that I have satisfied myself beyond any possible doubt as to the identity of the culprit. Painful as it is for me to have to accuse an ordained priest of the church, my duty is only too painfully clear. An example must be made. And then, presumably, he was shot. So it was Hawes. The one man we never even considered. And remorse drove him to confess. The poor devil. But what an ass the fellow was not to destroy the note. Fancy hanging on to it.
2: Well, human nature is full of inconsistencies. Uh, if it weren't, I doubt if we should ever catch a murderer. Uh, you look rather <laughs> under the
14: weather, Clement. This must have come as a most dreadful shock for you. Yes, yes, it
2: has. Hawes has been behaving very strangely for some time, but I never Mrs. dreamed...
14: Sadler says Hawes has been taken ill. What's the matter with him? I think he's taken an overdose. Well, let's have a look at him. Hello, oh, no, Melchett. What are you doing here? Hawes rang Clement a little while ago. He said he wanted to confess. To Prothero's murder? I fear everything points to that. And you want me to save him for the gallows, is that it, Melchett? I shall want to see him brought to justice, if that's what you mean. You won't be able to hang him, you know. You mean he won't recover? May. May not. I didn't mean that but even if he does recover, the poor devil wasn't responsible for his actions. I shall give evidence to that effect. Do you want me to ring for an ambulance? Uh, No, no, I'll take him down to Much Benham in my car. It'll be quicker than an ambulance. And we need every second we can get. Now, give me a hand with him, will you?
0: I am sorry if I'm intruding, but I felt that I had to come round and see if there were anything I could do.
14: Very kind of you, Miss Marple. But how the devil... uh, (coughs) How on earth did you know we
0: were here? I was with Mr Clement when he received the call. After he left, I asked the exchange to trace where it had come from. really? Well, I did want to know what had happened.
7: Very
14: thoughtful of you. But there's nothing to be done. Hadox's taken him off to hospital. Oh,
0: actually to hospital. Oh, that is a great relief. He'll be quite safe there. Safe? When you say nothing to be done, do you mean he may not recover? It
2: seems rather doubtful.
0: I suppose he took an overdose...
2: I think you'd better take a look at this note. It was crumpled on the floor by where he was sitting. Oh, thank you. All this business of Haydock's about
14: Hors being a sick man and not responsible for his actions. What's supposed to be wrong with him? Well,
2: he had been suffering from some disease which could cause changes in the personality. i oh, never heard such utter rubbish.
0: Oh, the poor man must have been dreadfully distressed.
2: It does confirm what you suspected, Miss Marple. There was another note. It was very
0: fortunate that you acted as quickly as you did, Mr Clement. It brought you here in the nick of time. In the nick of time for what? To save your curate's life, of course.
2: You don't think it might be better if Hawes didn't recover? Now, I know you don't agree, Melchard. But we know the truth now, and there really is no need... The
0: truth, of course. That's what he wants you to think. It all fits in so conveniently... The letter and the overdose and poor Mr Hawes wanting to confess. But it is all wrong. All wrong? What do you mean? That is why I'm so glad that Hawes is in hospital where no one can get at him. If he recovers,
2: he'll tell you the truth. And what do you believe that to be?
0: That he never touched a hair
2: of Prothero's head. Oh, but what about the telephone call? The letter that Prothero's writing? Oh,
0: yes, he's very clever. Keeping the letter and making use of it in this
2: way was very clever indeed. Who do you mean by he, Miss Marple?
0: Why, the man responsible for the murder, of course. Lawrence Redding. Lawrence
14: Redding? My dear Miss Marple, that's quite absurd. Redding's been completely cleared.
2: Oh, naturally, he saw to that.
14: On the contrary, he did his best to get himself accused of the crime. Yes, yes, and
2: you (laughs) yourself, I remember, did say that his confession proved he had nothing to do with the murder. Oh,
0: yes. He took me in as thoroughly as everyone else. It upset all my ideas and made me think him innocent, when up until then I'd felt convinced that he was guilty. You mean you suspected him from the first? I know that in books it is always the most unlikely person, but I never find that rule applies in real life. So often it is the obvious that is true... Much as I have always liked Mrs. Protheroe, I could not avoid coming to the conclusion that she was completely under Mr. Redding's thumb and would do anything he told her. Well, the older woman with a young lover, you know. And he is not the kind of man who would dream of running away with a poor woman.' From his point of view, it was essential that the colonel should be removed.
14: Forgive me, Miss marvel, but the whole thing is absolute nonsense. Redding's time is fully accounted for until 6.45, and Haydock says positively that Prothero had been dead at least half an
0: hour when he examined the body at seven o'clock. Oh, and Dr Haydock is quite right. Of course, it was Mrs. Prothero who actually shot her husband. And Prothero? It only came to me how it had been done when I noticed that palm in the pot by your study window.
14: Mad. Quite
0: potty. <laughs> I was quite relieved at first when it seemed I had been wrong, and I began to think of other people who had a positive motive for wanting Colonel Prothero out of the way. Oh, your seven suspects? Yes, indeed. Well, I, I won't go into all of them now, but there was that man, Archer, who had threatened to be avenged on Prothero,
2: and, of course, there was your maid. <laughs> You can't possibly have suspected Mary. She
0: has been walking out with Mr Archer for quite a long time. And she's a very queer-tempered girl. Oh, she's certainly that. And as for opportunity, she was alone in the house with Prothero. And then there was Lettice, so desperate for her freedom, and there was the matter of why she left the Hartley Napier's tennis party so early. Mm. And there was you, of course, vicar. Me? Well, there was the little problem of the church collection, was there not? Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. and either you or Mr Hawes must have been guilty. And I had said that the world would be a better place without him. Miss
14: Marple, all this is very... I, I
0: couldn't help wondering about Griselda.
14: For goodness sake, Mrs Clement's completely out of it. She'd still have been on the 650 from London.
0: Oh, that is what she said. But the train was half an hour late that night and she was seen in the village at twenty-five past seven. So it followed. She must have come home by an earlier train.
2: Yes, she must have done.
0: Inspector Slack was certain that Mrs Lestrange had something to do with the crime. Oh, but that's quite another story. And then, of course... Miss
14: Marlborough, I think it's time you told us why you think Redding and Mrs Prothero killed the colonel and not go wandering on about why everyone else did not.
5: Oh,
0: very well. I will put my explanation before you. On Thursday afternoon, the day of the murder, Lawrence Redding called on you, Mr Clement, knowing you to be out. I saw him pass by.
2: Yes, that's right. I find him in my study. He told me that he wanted to know if I'd mind if he left his painting things in the studio while he tried to find somewhere to live in London.
0: Before you arrived, he took the opportunity to conceal his pistol, loaded, in the potted palm by the window... Mary could be relied upon not to water it. At 5.30, he telephoned the vicarage from the North Lodge, adopting a woman's voice. He's a clever actor. I saw him in the charades last Christmas, well, possible, and he was... I suppose. It was a
2: very crackly line, I well, remember. Well, his
0: impersonation was good enough to get you out of the vicarage. Mrs. Prothero and her husband drove down to the village... And later, when she stopped by my cottage gate to talk to me, she made sure that I noticed she did not have her handbag with her.
2: You mean to say that she killed Prothero when we all thought she just went round to see who's in the study?
0: Quite so. <sighs> well, the poor colonel was sitting at the desk, writing a letter about whores. He was deaf and didn't notice her coming from the window. She took the gun from the bowl shot him through the head and was out again like a flash. Uh,
13: you'd have heard the shot.
0: The gun was fitted with a silencer. Mrs. Prothero was met at the studio by Mr. Redding, and, human nature being what it is, I'm afraid, they realised that I would not leave the garden until they came out again.
14: And when they did come out?
0: They were perfectly happy and rather gay. And there, of course, they made a mistake. Because if they really had said goodbye to each other as they pretended, they would have looked very different. Ah, I suppose they felt that if they appeared upset, it might look suspicious. Most likely.
15: Yes.
0: So then, Lawrence Redding goes off to the Blue Boar with Dr Stone to provide himself with an alibi. <laughs> Finally, he arrives at the vicarage, leaving it as late as he dares... He picks up the pistol with its silencer and leaves the letter with the time written on it in what is made to look like forged handwriting. Quite unexpectedly, he
2: finds the note actually written by Colonel Prothero. And being a very intelligent young man, he realises that it might come in useful. Exactly. Hmm. He
0: alters the hands of the clock to the same time as the letter, knowing that it is always kept a quarter of an hour fast.
14: Why on earth should he do that?
0: To make it look like someone else's clumsy attempt to incriminate Anne Prothero.
2: Why was he so distraught when he rushed out of the house when I arrived?
0: Oh, that was really quite clever. What would a murderer who had committed a crime try to do? Behave as if nothing had happened. And that is exactly what he does not do. Hmm? (laughs) He then goes away, disposes of the silencer, and marches into the police station and makes a perfectly ridiculous self-accusation which takes everyone in.
14: And the shot in the wood, how
0: do you account for that? Precisely how he arranged it, I don't know. But I understand that picric acid explodes if you drop a heavy weight on it. So he rigged up some kind of time fuse to make a large stone fall on the crystals at just the right moment. And
2: that was the stone that he'd picked up when I came across him in the wood.
0: He was probably trying to clear up the traces and had to invent that ridiculous story about bringing it for my rock garden. Mm. Only it was quite the wrong sort of stone. And that put me on the right track.
14: That's all very well, Miss Marble, but how do you account for this fellow Hawes? He actually rang up Clement and confessed. You can't get around that.
0: That was really a remarkable sermon you gave this evening, Vicar, Mm. and it must have affected Mr Hawes deeply. He could bear it no longer and felt that he must confess about the misappropriation of the collection fund. What? It did not take much ingenuity on Lawrence Redding's part to work out that Prothero's letter referred to Mr Hawes. I understand that he came to visit him here last night and spent a long time with him, He substituted a cachet of something fairly deadly for Hawes's headache cure and slipped Prothero's original note into the pocket of his dressing gown. I rather fancy Mr Hawes found that letter tonight, just after taking the fatal cachet and coming on top of the vicar's
2: sermon. He rang me up
0: to confess. Yes. Most extraordinary.
14: I suppose I have to admit, Miss Marple, that your solution's a very plausible one. But you'll allow me to point out that there's not a shadow of proof. I realize that, but you do believe it to be true, don't you? Well, it fits the facts, is the way the thing could have happened, but there's not an atom of proof.
0: That is why I thought that under the circumstances a little trap might be permissible.
14: What sort of trap?
0: Supposing Mr. Redding were to be rung up on the telephone and warned...
14: Fly, all is discovered. It's the oldest trick in the book, Miss Marple. Young Redding's far too downy a bird to be caught that way.
0: It would have to be something very specific. I quite realise that. But what if the warning were to come from someone who is known to have rather unusual opinions on these matters... Dr. Haydock, for instance? He has some strange views about murder and is
2: wholly opposed to capital punishment. And he detested Colonel Protheroe.
0: If he were to hint that somebody, Mrs. Sadler, or one of her children, had actually happened to see the transposing of the cachets... Well, of course, if I'm wrong and Mr. Redding is innocent, that statement will mean nothing... But if he isn't...
14: If he isn't, it might just do the trick.
2: But will Haydock go along with it?
0: Well, we shall just have to wait until he comes back and put it to him.
2: I'll do anything
14: in my power, within or without the law, to see that man brought to justice. (sighs) To pick on a poor wretch like Hawes and not just pin the crime on him... Put his life in serious danger? But Mr Hawes will pull through. It's been a near thing, but he's out of immediate danger. Oh, Oh, God. Poor devil. As if he didn't have trouble enough already. So you'll help us? Just tell me what you want me to do.
0: I am normally the most patient of souls. But on this occasion, I could not rest until I knew what had happened. Dr Haydock had played his part excellently, of course but there was no knowing how Lawrence Redding was going to react. The vicar was kind enough to go down to the police station to find out if there was any news. What I want to
15: know, Constable, is how much longer I'm going to have to hang on here. What's that Inspector Slack up to?
13: I've told you, Miss Cram, he's out on a case. My instructions are to detain you
2: here.
15: Just because one of those gossiping old cats had nothing better to do than to stand staring out of her window all night long. (sighs) How could she see me? Tell me that. It was black as pitch.
2: It was a
7: bright, moonlit night, Miss Crumb. And supposing the landlady of the blue boar identifies the suitcase as yours?
15: If she says anything of the kind, she's wrong. There's no name on it. Nearly everybody's got a suitcase like that. It's all the fault of that meddlesome Miss Maples. I'll not stay a minute longer.
7: Here's the inspector now. Oh, Lord, is that woman still here? I've forgotten all about her.
15: That woman, indeed. Are you going to arrest me? You've no right to detain me here. I want to go.
7: No-one's stopping you.
15: Just what do you mean by that?
7: You are free to go, Miss Cram.
15: And about time, too. I've had enough of this place. This is the last you'll see of me in St Mary Mead.
7: (laughs) No jury in the land would convict a girl seen at that distance by an old lady in the middle of the night. And if she is guilty, we might get a line on stone by keeping a close eye on her. As far as I'm concerned, just at the moment, robbery is a small business compared with murder. So what happened? Did Haydock's telephone call do what we'd hoped? And it worked like a dream, Vicar. Mm. Because the warning came from the doctor, he didn't suspect a thing. He knew there was no time to waste. He didn't dare wait until morning. He went straight off to Old Hall to his partner in crime. Really? I had a couple of men posted there just by the door. As luck would have it, she came out the moment he arrived. Didn't want that stepdaughter of hers eavesdropping, I suppose. <laughs> my men heard everything and left the matter in no doubt whatsoever <laughs> it pains me to have to admit it but she is a wily old bird that miss marple
0: the arrest of lawrence redding and of anne Protheroe created quite a sensation and not just in st mary mead all the journalists from london descended on the village again making everyone's life a perfect misery Except the Blue Boar, of course, which did a roaring trade. Inspector Slack got all the credit, of course, and was greatly praised for his zeal and intelligence. (laughs) Since then, he's been more insufferable than ever. But there were still a few little mysteries which needed to be cleared up, particularly as far as Lettice was concerned.
6: All along I was convinced that it was Anne who had killed Father. And I was sure that if I looked around your study carefully enough... I might find something the police had overlooked.
2: Which is why you pretended you'd lost your yellow berry.
6: When I couldn't find anything, I dropped her earring. <laughs> well, since I knew she'd done it, what did it matter? One way was as good as another.
2: Uh, what are you going to do, Lettuce?
6: I'll stay until the trial is over. And then I'm going abroad with my mother.
2: Your mother? Mm? But how have you traced her?
6: Didn't you have a guess? Mrs. Lestrange is my mother. What? She's dying, you know. It's not as bad as they feared at first. But she's only got a year at most.
2: And she came down here simply to see you?
6: With the help of Dr Haydock.
2: Ah, yes.
6: He was in love with her once. (laughs) I think he still is. She didn't come here under her own name because of the disgusting way people talk and gossip.
2: There would have been plenty of gossip,
6: certainly. She went to see my father that night and told him she was dying and had a great longing to see me. Father was a beast he said she'd forfeited all right and that i believed she was dead as though i'd ever have swallowed that old story he turned her out of the house
2: so that was what the famous quarrel was about
6: but huh? mother isn't the sort to give in she sent a note to me asking me to meet her at the end of the footpath at a quarter past six
2: on the day of the murder
6: yes oh.
2: Which is why you left the Hartley Napier's tennis party so early.
6: You heard about that? Mm -hmm. Is there nothing that doesn't get talked about in this blasted village? (laughs) Anyway, we only had time for a very horrid meeting and we arranged to see one another again. We left each other just before half past six. Afterwards, I was terrified that she'd be suspected of having killed father.
2: She had better cause than most. Inspector Slack certainly thought she'd done it.
6: That's why I got hold of that old portrait of her up in the attic and cut the face out. I was afraid the police might go nosing about and recognise it. Dr Haydock was worried too. Sometimes I believe he really thought she had done it. Mother's a rather desperate sort of person. She doesn't count consequences.
2: I can see now how like your mother you are.
6: She and I belong together. Father and I didn't. Well, anyway, I shall be with her to the end now.
2: Hmm. I do hope you find happiness someday, Lettuce.
6: There hasn't been much of it so far. What's become of Dennis? I haven't seen him around. Has he gone away because of me?
2: Oh, no, no, no. no. He did nothing of the sort. An old college friend of mine Mm? is starting up a new magazine and I I asked him if he could find Dennis a job. What kind of magazine? Well, as it happens, it's called Murder Mystery Monthly.
6: (laughs) Remember me to him Mm. and give my love to Griselda.
5: I was in Redding's cottage that evening. I did catch an earlier train back so that I could meet him without everyone wondering where I was. If I'd realised that within the hour he and Anne Prothero were going to commit murder...
2: Are you... Are you concerned about what's going to happen to him?
5: I don't feel anything at all. That evening it was as if I were talking to a complete stranger and that's how he appears to me now... It's as if I'd never known him. Mm. There hasn't been anything between us since before I married you. You must believe that. I... I just wanted him to take notice of me. Stupid feminine pride, I suppose. Well, I've... I've been well and truly punished for that.
2: I was terribly hurt. I'm sure I don't have to tell you.
5: But You can take it from me that you won't have the least cause to worry in the future... I'm going to be very sober and God-fearing, just like the pilgrim fathers.
2: I must admit, I don't exactly see you as a pilgrim father.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I have a steadying influence coming into my life, but in your case, it will be a kind of rejuvenating one. At least, I hope so. Uh,
2: My dear child, I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking
5: about. Oh, Lawrence, you're so hopeless. Hmm? At any rate, you won't be able to call me a dear child when we have one of our own.
2: Griselda <laughs> Oh, Griselda, I can't tell you how happy I am. Look,
5: could you say just for once that you love me madly?
2: Griselda, I adore you. <laughs> I'm wildly and quite unclerically crazy, aren't you? <laughs> I Oh, Lord, Miss Marple's coming across the garden.
5: Oh, I can't, oh, I can't face her. I, I really can't. You, you won't tell her, will you?
2: No, I wouldn't dream of doing such a thing.
5: I, I don't want her offering me cushions and telling me to put my feet up. Tell no. uh, her I've gone to the golf links. That'll, that'll put her off the scent. I hope I'm not
0: intruding.
2: No, not at all, Miss Marple. Do come in. Oh, thank you. Now oh,
0: sit down. Thank oh. you. I really came to find out whether you'd heard the news... The news? Yes, about Gladys Cram. What about her? She has come back, walked into the police station as bold as brass, and admitted it was she who took the suitcase up to the wood that night.
2: So she's confessed to being involved in the burglary?
0: Oh, goodness me, no. She says she did it all in good faith. It seems that Dr Stone, or whatever his real name is, told her that he feared another archaeologist was spying on his discoveries and might pirate them. So he told her that he had packed away his most significant finds in the suitcase and asked her if she would hide it in the woods. Well, if
2: she believed that story, she must be even sillier than she looks. The
0: police have decided to give her the benefit of the doubt. And so now, of course, she'll be on the lookout for another elderly bachelor.
2: Mm, but the genuine article this time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and how is dear Griselda? Oh, she, she's fine. Fine. She's... Uh... Gone off to the golf links. Oh, I hope she's not overdoing it. What do you mean, Miss Marple? In her condition. Her
0: condition? I happened to be in the bookshop in Much Benham yesterday, and I couldn't help noticing what she was buying. <laughs> Mother Love, I think it was called.
2: <sighs> I wonder, Miss Marple, if you were to commit a murder whether you would ever be found out. Oh, what a terrible idea.
0: I hope I could never do such a wicked thing. But
2: human nature being what it is... How
0: naughty of you, Mr Clement. But naturally, you are in good spirits. Give my love to dear Griselda and tell her any little secret is quite safe with me.
1: In Agatha Christie's Murder at the Vicarage, the cast was as follows. Miss Marple, June Whitfield... The Reverend Leonard Clement, Francis Matthews, Griselda Clement, Imelda Staunton, Dr. Haydock, Nigel Davenport, Colonel Melchett, Richard Todd, Inspector Slack, John Badley, Lettuce Prothero, Rachel Atkins, Anne Prothero, Francis Jeter, Colonel Prothero, James Green, Mrs. Lestrange, Jillie Mears, Gladys Cram, Una Beeson, Mrs. Price Ridley, Margot Boyd, Miss Weatherby, Joan Matheson, Mary Alice Arnold. Lawrence Redding, James Telfer Hawes, David Thorpe Dennis, Nicholas Bolton Dr Stone, Timothy Bateson Raymond West, Ian Masters Hilda, Lisa Howard Nancy, Vivian Rochester Mrs Sadler, Tina Gray The Butler, Lewis Jones The Police Constables, Malcolm Ward and Dominic Letts Murder at the Vicarage was dramatised by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams